Hey everybody, and welcome to the Plot Armor Podcast. Wee. My name is Brett. I'm Candles. I'm filling in for Eric because he wasn't there. It's Matt. Uh, yeah. We love Matt. having you. You're an official member. Yeah, you're an official member now. We'll have to figure uh-huh. out how that works when we do other stuff because I don't know if four is going to be a crowd or not. Oh, okay. <laughs> troublesome trio. Now we're the troublesome foursome. Uh, oh. <laughs> the formidable four-way, if you will. Oh, oh. excellent! I don't know Start. If I can do that. That seems. Uh, mark this explicit. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that's yeah, made it awkward. We played. We played the eye. Everybody. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. How so, was your di, everybody? Oh boy, <laughs> it was pretty good. Oh, all right. Yeah, mine was fantastic. Yeah, I think this is a very strong game. Yeah, I had a fucking awesome time. Oh, there bad we word. go. Fine. <laughs> we don't get paid anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Peel back the curtain a little um, bit. This is for fun. Uh, uh. Yeah, that's why it's also amateur quality because we're just a bunch of amateurs uh-huh. um <laughs> all right uh so does anybody so friday night i guess we'll start with friday night yeah. uh, unless you guys have any pre-larp stories for last game no nope. i don't think i did Oddly enough, in our LARPing podcast, I don't come prepared with pre-LARP stories. Uh, so, yeah, I, I had a game. I, I had a game on mod. I, you I know be. Brett had a game on mod, and I think Candles, you you did not. Uh, I was not involved in one of the game on mods, and the other one, which was optional, was yours. And we decided that it would be a good idea for me to not go on that one. Oh, yeah hear about brett's game on mod yeah yeah uh i was with the a large group for the game on mod um because my bga was yeah yeah, go to the delta which is the capital of the zaman lands and try to get people out because a bunch of them van Van burier and beer bren Virbren mm-hmm. uh were going to take over the land. Yeah. So that's what we did. So we infiltrated. We heard there might be a course, but we weren't entirely sure. So in terms of just like the write-up we got for the BGA was really cool, but pretty much it was like objective, survive as long as you can, and then like retreat. <laughs> the longer you stay out there, the more people are rescued during the evacuation. Okay, that's pretty so it's cool. like okay. So it was in that big field, and we had this group, and um, we had, we figured we'd try to bottleneck them at first until we realized that we weren't. That's not how the fight was gonna go. And instead, we were gonna fight them in the middle of the field. So we made a pretty much like a big circle, right. um, almost a shield wall, but circular. And we held that and pretty much just held off a bunch of veer for a long time. Uh, it was remarkably effective. All right, we did, we did a very good job, and it was cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's always nice as a polearm when things are when defenses are tight. Uh, no one, we never really had too much of a pocket at any time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did, yeah, we did fairly well. 
Uh, there was one point where there was a weird, a weird enemy that came out that we couldn't really do much to, and oh. then eventually things. I don't know. Uh, Decimus gave the order at one point that we were leaving, so I was like, "All right." <laughs> Time to head out. The the end of the mod monster came out and told all of you it was the end of the mod. And... <laughs> <laughs> we had we had a very difficult we did have a very difficult one that we couldn't find the weakness to for a while, but then there was like a few end of the mod monsters Got pretty it. much. But uh but yeah, no, it was uh it was really tense. Super tense, just being clubbed up in a ball absolutely surrounded like they were they had a big crunchy pull this game and so we had were pretty much completely surrounded the entire time Shit. in our circle yeah it was fun all right. i guess i don't have too much more to say about it all right <laughs> uh so uh my bga was i had to move airship parts into the origin to a specific place but I was warned that there was a horrible monster wandering around that beat the piss out of a Veer Bren by itself. Uh, so this was going to be a stealth mission. So I grabbed, I think it was me, Echo, um, Idris, and Justice Randall. Um, all, all grabbed boxes. We Yeah, we had to, we had to <laughs> sneak our way. Uh, we we were moving up to the origin, and Madame Zara uh, turns back and goes, "Okay, this guard is is kind of dumb, so you just gotta have to trick him, and we can get by." So we taught him how to waltz, and told him that like Rilla's army was gonna have a party soon to like boost morale, and mm -hmm. he, since he knows how to waltz now, he'll be able to boost morale better than anybody. And he was like, "Yeah, that makes sense. G go <laughs> get on in there, you scamps." And we we're like, "Cool." So and you also inadvertently <laughs> didn't lie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Beyond your knowledge, you didn't lie, though. Woo! Hell yeah. <laughs> um, we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, so we move in, and it is a new moon, and my night vision ain't so good. So this mod was extra scary. So uh, we like basically be moving through, and the Crunchies who were playing the monster were dressed in complete black. You could not see them at all. You could hear them moving around. So like we'd move a little bit into the woods, and then you'd hear like the trudging of like heavy footsteps through the leaves. It's like, okay, okay, crap, okay, stop. And like you had to sit and you wait. And then like after about like half a minute, you hear them stop. And then you go, okay. And then you start moving. Um the uh part where things got a little uh a little crazy was we were walking up and there's just one of the monsters is in just the middle of the trail. But we also kinda lost the trail and wandered off it. So Madame Zara, who at this point is my is is my plot, uh, goes, don't worry, I'll distract it, and runs out and drowns it away. And I hear uh I hear a swing and I hear slay by void, and then I hear critical by void. And I went, Oh fuck, my plot's dead. They killed it. Uh, <laughs> so I like drop I put the box down that I, I had and I went to like run over to try to find her, and then she just runs out of the woods, and I was like, Oh, okay, she's not dead. Thank God. All right. Um, after that, we were able to find the trail. Uh, we move up, we drop the box parts off, and uh, then we're like, all right, cool. We did it. Now we have to sneak back out, which uh, was equally as hard, but also I inadvertently alerted the monster to where we were because someone had left a water bottle in the woods. And I turned to go down a hill, kicked it, and it just made the most noise as it fell down the hill. <laughs> um, Oh no! And I was like, 
I am so sorry. I don't know what that was. And everyone's like, it's okay. <laughs> Maybe we can make it. But, you know, that went off without a hitch, uh, mostly. I almost got stabbed, but, like, it's whatever. Um, so, wait. There was yeah. there was a slay by void on your, uh, on your I wife. think she dodged it. I think it was just throwing. I think it was just slowing, throwing, like, slay by void and criticals by void. Uh, okay. So, like, if any of us got hit, it would have just been real bad. Um mm-hmm. We we get out of the we get out of the woods. Um, I give my beer sort of wife a massive bag of chocolate, and we share a super toothy, passionate kiss. And then I wandered back to uh, the main camp with everybody, and that nice. was my game on mod. <laughs> Whoa! Um, yeah, right. I got. Uh, Kendall, do you have something that happened? while we were like <laughs> uh, this time span for me i mostly spent my time um i was one of the very very few people who didn't have an immediate game on thing uh but we spent some time kind of musing over a uh dream the the stuff that we had stolen from uh as we like to call it garia 51 yeah um <laughs> Some of the dream spire, like one of the key mechanisms, and it required like a group of people to like discuss thoughts and ideas and like how it might work and stuff for X period of time in order to um, open it and read how the device worked. So we spent most of the game on uh, doing that, and I did a little bit of time um, role playing, making Veer, Veer Blight treatment for people who might need it when they came back. Okay. That was pretty much my game on. It's just mashing apples and talking about <laughs> Gary and machinery. Mashing <laughs> some apps. Alright. I um right after I had such a busy Friday night because right after I got back from the Delta craziness, I had Zom approach me. And they had uh they gave me the necklace because um levin was taking visitors levin once again is like in a like mind palace area you can only get there through this like necklace and i was like okay and so um sonic escorted me to the location then uh, had me give me gave me the necklace and this was like it's it's weird that this is probably my biggest highlight throughout the um the event because i really enjoy fighting and everything but this one was really cool and it's it's all in its immersion and simplicity really we go out towards the lake area and there is what is it what what are those things that float in the water like the the end of a dock kind of uh barge is, sure. it, is it? Yeah, let's call it a barge. Know. I don't care. Barge? Okay, we'll call it a barge. I'm fine with that. <laughs> I obviously don't know the real name. <laughs> but, uh, so I go over there and I can see, like, towards the end, edges of the water, there's some lights. And there's some lights that, like, lead up to this path. And the barge is far enough out into the lake. And I can see Levin just sitting peacefully in this, on the barge on a very peaceful lake. The moon is like you said like what was it like a new it's new moon so it's just there's no moon anyway it was really this beautiful scenery and some told me to go and follow the lights to get to 
Levin, which means like go up on the go follow the path to the dock and get there. Mm. Which is good because while I was just kind of like for some reason no brain for a moment, I was like, oh man, am I gonna have to walk through the water? <laughs> Oh. Right into the lake. Are you ready to LARP? You gotta walk across the water, <laughs> yeah. motherfucker. <laughs> That's how you talk to the water god. Submerge yourself in the experience. Scream no. into the lake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I went up to the um, the barge and I, I got in my like chosen meditation stance. And we kind of just had this really chill conversation. And it was very... It's hard to make this sound interesting to anybody else. Oh. Um, because there's a certain way with how Walker talks. He's kind of soft-spoken, but very honest and kind of monotone. Levin's also very in a similar way. So we're just kind of bouncing off each other with these like questions and thoughts and opinions and all this stuff, which is which was great. And it was just a very good conversation about what we can do and why we keep doing this and all this all these things and levin's pretty much on the side of rilla needs to survive rilla has we can't kill rilla and kill that which slumbers through rilla because you know then we lose not only god but like a friend to her and i'm on the same page i'm on the only real plan, the only plan I'm willing to consider is a plan that saves Levin. Uh, I know, saves um, Rilla, her body, her soul. And I mean, boiled down, Levin was pretty much saying, hey, listen, some of these gods don't give a shit. <laughs> and the, like, Titan wants to fucking kill the body of Rilla, and that's a, a dumb idea for dummies. That's oh, like, that's just, I'm, I'm going to stick up for Titan, and that's not what he said even remotely, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> I mean, well, listen, I had an <laughs> argument about, about it with him, and he's just like, that's just the, that's just the realistic plan. And I was, he's just like, you need to have a contingency, and that's probably, you know, that's what I'm going to do. Uh, he's our I rock. Mean, he is our anchor. <laughs> I, I think he's fucking up the plan. <laughs> I gotta change his mind. Um, but, yeah, no. Uh, that was, I mean, that was uh, super cool. And I and I leave and I give the um, the necklace back to Psalm. And, yeah, and I also bump into Psalm's terrorist <laughs> girlfriend. <laughs> Which was great because Sam went. I think Sam went back to talk to Levin at one point, and they're like, "Oh, where's Sam?" And I'm like, "I don't know." <laughs> and they're just kind of like chilling out and being sketchy as hell. Oh. I already know that they're a terrorist, and oh. so I'm like, "I don't like this person." I had like an ethical conversation with them and whatnot. Uh-huh. Uh, found out later that if <laughs> I found out later from Jamie that if anybody told. I forget what the... I think their name was X? V, I think. Or V. v. Oh, yeah. I knew it was a letter. Cute. If anybody told V where, like, that they were going to Levin and, like, if they found out how to get to Levin, they would have tried to, like, assassinate Levin in the Mind Palace. Oh. I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> Alright, well, I really don't like V now. <laughs> Goodness gracious. And right after that, I opened up the letter that Isaac sent to me. Oh. Isaac, Isaac, um, 
uh, our friend couldn't make it to this game, but they had an important BGA, so they sent me a letter saying that they, that he found out that Noble Levinson is alive and that we have to stop the ritual at all costs. And I open this in, and read it inside the cabin and I walk out and Noble Levinson's like already in town. I'm like, ah, <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> well, son of a bitch. Uh, so I kind of just pass around the letter. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Heck yeah. I think those are my big things from Friday night. All right. I know you guys have a have yeah uh, <laughs> have one. Yeah. So uh, you had to wait for. Yeah. So <laughs> well, so one thing that did happen is we got the, the we got the the spiders out, which was pretty cool. Um, oh, that's right. There was the big line of people that were getting the spiders out, and like it was Idris was doing it, and then like after Idris's player would be like, clarify in the morning, whatever orifice you want is super bloody. Uh, and then he got to me, and he went, when you wake up in the morning, your butt's bloody. Everyone else gets to pick. You don't. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's the choice you would have gone with. Anyway. It totally is. Um, <laughs> but um. Uh, but uh, after I got that done, uh, Archon wandered into town, and uh, this was before uh, he was still dream scarred out. So he like he's walking in with like one glove on. Like I'm surprised he has two shoes. He's got the he's got the crown on, and he's just just like walks in looking all confused. I'm like, hey Archon, how are you doing? And he's just like, I don't remember why I came here. And I went, is it for the moon? And he went, yes. I think so. Uh, which, talking to Dream Archon is hilarious, because it's just like a whole lot of Archon is here, and then all of a sudden, he's a little bit to the left, and he's looking off into direction, goes, alright, what were we talking about? Uh, and you have to pump him full of dark to keep him keep him, keep him with you, keep him lucid. Um, yeah, you have to babysit him. Yeah. Uh, like that drug friend. Yeah. <laughs> you have to keep an eye on, because he'll wander off. Yep. <laughs> so... Uh, I get given instructions on how to do a ritual that would let us teleport um, because there was a group of people who were going to go onto the airship to fly up to the moon and they needed somebody basically down on Akana to make sure that the teleporter was open. Now, I believe it was... Oh, God. Uh, Vesper. Yeah, Vesper taught me how to do it. And he goes, okay, um, so... You need to do this chant, and then we'll be able to teleport back down. And I was like, is there anything that you can do to uh, denote that maybe you are there? And he goes, no, because we're on the different dimensions moon. And I went, all right, I guess I'm just going to have to assume that you're there constantly and just say this rhyme over and over again until you get back. And he went, yes. And I went, okay. (laughs) So... Uh, I stuck the stake in the ground, I held on to a string, and I sat there, and I just started muttering this uh, this phrase to myself over and over again. I was luckily kept company by a decent chunk of people. One of them was candles. <laughs> candles, what did we talk about? <laughs> what? I didn't have anything to add. Oh. I, was just, I thought you were going to... Saying, like... Oh. Uh, golly, I wasn't gonna let... <laughs> I wasn't gonna let my boy I was gonna sit there all on his lonesome while while 
<laughs> well, wait, holding a piece of string sitting on the ground. Yeah, I... uh, also, I'm a degenerate who stays up way too late all the time anyway, so <laughs> it, was, it was no pain for me. Yeah, so uh, I think it was around... So I could definitely see the sun start to come up a little bit, um, and I see the group of players coming back with their hand over their head that's like, I'm at a game. Uh, so they all get really close, and then uh, Idris's player falls on me, and then just like throws up a bunch of moon rocks on me, and I was like, what the fuck? Why? Uh, <laughs> and uh, he's like, all right, yeah, uh, if you... If everyone just wants to grab onto this, uh, Elijah's like, who wants to grab onto this? And he holds up Archon's crown. Uh, we all did it. And he went, cool, purge dream scars. We were like, awesome. And he went, uh, so if anyone wants to go hang out with Archon, you totally can. Just, uh, you know, grab onto this uh, teleporter thing and you'll fly up. And, and uh, Archon and Randall are up there and you could chat with them. And we were like, okay, yeah, cool. I'll, I'll do that. I'm all, It's already late o'clock. Why, why the fuck not? So. Right, I knew what time it was. Oh, what was it? I need to clarify to everybody. Yeah. It was 3.40 in the morning. <laughs> the sky was getting light enough that we could start to hear a couple of birds. <laughs> it is late. That's actually not as late as I thought it was. Um, oh, well, the, so the problem is, is that 3.40 is when they returned, yeah. not when we were done. <laughs> oh, I know, but still. So, so when I heard this tale before, I was like, damn, they waited until like 5, they were like, started this thing at like 5.30. We didn't finish until like 4.45. Yeah. Um, so we we teleport up. I want to just really, really quick aside. Oh, this isn't this isn't the game runner's fault or anything like that. Sometimes things just fall oh, no, no, apart. No. Yeah, it's whatever. Um, so we we teleport up to the moon. Um, Justice Randall's there, sitting with Archon. They're hanging out. Uh, I think the first thing that happens when we show up is Justice Randall goes, "Oh, hey guys, look over there, the airship. It's on fire." And we went, "Oh." Okay. And then Justice was like, oh, also, very close by. There's a thing over there. Don't look over there. It's really bad. Also, ignore your the bunny. That That's fine. It's it's fine. Don't Just don't interact with it. <laughs> it's really dangerous, so just leave it alone. And we're like, okay. <laughs> um, um, yeah. Handles can talk, because I just did. That's okay. how this podcast works. <laughs> um... We had the most interesting collection of people who came up to the moon. Uh, two of them are light primals, uh, and then Oswin and Dr. Compeer. Dr. Compeer is probably one of the dark primals who's had the least interactions with Archon. Um, mostly, Doc's interactions with Archon have been like, Hey, you look really tired. Do you want one of these little caffeine chocolate chews that I have? And Archon's the person who plays Archon being like, oh my god, yes, please, <laughs> yes, more of these, please. Um, <laughs> that sort of thing. So, we had an interesting collection of people that were up there. I'd say the person that Archon was the closest with was hands down Justice Randall, second place Oswin, who oh. who's closest to Archon is mostly having gone into the spear point. Yeah. And the moon stuff, I guess? Well, and I gave him my cape. Um, I gave him my capelet, too. Uh, you did. Yeah. You gave him a capelet. And capelet, soli- giving someone a capelet solidifies friendship pretty much forever. Yeah. Uh, Didn't look kingly enough. So, I had to put one on him. <laughs> uh, at this point, um, 
Archon made it clear that he planned to stay on the moon in order to channel darkness into the moon to change it into a new darkness. The way it was described to me is the moon is made up of pretty much like pure order, the opposite of like chaos. Uh, It's like law magic and stuff like that. Um, And it it functions like a prism where when you put something through it, it's different when it comes back out. So we, (laughs) so Archon was going to put all the dark into the moon and make new darkness. And uh, mostly was like, this might not work. This might fire back. This could be like disastrous. This could be super, super bad. We might not come back from this. And and Archon's big thing was that he he didn't want to be alone. Yeah. And so a lot of us were like, I don't know. And pretty immediately, like, I would say that any any hesitation pretty quickly was stifled by when Archon was like, I don't want to be alone. Yep. Pretty much everyone was like, you know what? We're going to stay. I can empathize just with you're... that. <laughs> uh, so we all were like, it's at this point, it's four, past four in the morning. We're here. We care you. We're going to stay. And so Archon's like, I need you guys to hold on to me because when I do this, it's going to, it's going to, I don't want to get it blasted away. And Osmond bound his legs by dark yeah. and we all held on and the staff members did the glowy purple arm thing and pointed at the ground and then started like shouting like ah that kind of thing <laughs> and then boom we all take I think it was like what an overwhelming critical by dark area overwhelming critical by dark <laughs> yeah which was like uh oh yeah so my thoughts when I hit the ground are, we're on the moon, there's no deck of fate on the moon, if some wild thing doesn't happen right now, we have all perms, <laughs> holy crap. And this, they had us lay on that ground for long enough that I was starting to think, oh my gosh, they're actually gonna do it. Yep. <laughs> they're gonna do an hour-long countdown and see if anyone investigates to see if we're okay, and if they don't, then we're just dead. Holy crap. And I, I, I thought genuinely maybe that's what they were going to do. And I wouldn't have been upset if they had. Um, because I'm the kind of... I mean, they, he said, like, it's dangerous. Yep. So the staff member uh, gets up and starts going around to each person. And Matt, correct me if I am incorrect. But uh, it was pretty much, like, uh, went to each person and asked a couple of questions. And it was, uh, what business do you have unfinished? Yep, that was the first one. And the person would answer, like, what their business unfinished was. And then it's like, uh, what would it take? As in, like, what would it take? Yeah. What do you to, What do you need to, to fulfill this goal? Um, what do you need to fulfill this? And then, what would it take? And then, um... And then I think it was, like, a bind, over, like, lasting, overwhelming, binding promise by something. I was ever, uh overwhelming everlasting charm by dark do everything you can to complete this goal yeah hell yeah um which means you know the the most permanent of yeah must do the thing and then we were handed a little tag um that is a new permanent thing that all of us got um star rising what what did you 
what were your answers to the questions, uh, Matt? Yeah, so the God of Darkness, he wandered over to me and he was like, "What? what's your unfinished business, you idiot? And I looked up and I said, uh, I need to tell the woman I love that I love her and I need to save my progenitor race. And he went, what do you need to do this? And I went, conviction and a lot of luck. And he went, all right, overwhelming charm by dark, do everything you can to complete this. And then he gave me my new super awesome ability that lets me bring myself back to life when I die a little bit. Andals, what did you do to the the tell to the darkness man? I, when I was asked uh, what my goals were, Dr. Compier pretty much was like, uh, protect Zorian and keep them safe <laughs> from everyone and themselves. Oh. <laughs> uh, and keep my promise to Steelcore, which Dr. Compier's promise to Steelcore, the last thing Steelcore asked was for Rilla to be saved because Rilla was trapped in the her, her own mind, much like how Steelcore was when he was Dreamcore. So, it's, you know, Duck's doing it for Steelcorn. That's (laughs) not all of it, but definitely a huge part of it. Uh, It was, what what will it take? And uh, I gave a pretty aggro answer. I I think I said I would would, um, do anything that it would take. Whoever I had to go through or, or whoever I had to move out of my way in order to accomplish it. Oh. Doc's got some violence. Yeah. Um, All right. So Doc will do anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we got Dark Star Rising, yeah, which is awesome. Oh my goodness, <laughs> this ability! I'm gonna say it. I want to say <sighs> it because I'm really. This was probably my favorite mod that I was on the entire weekend. <laughs> Holy macaroni! Uh, so Dark Star Rising is a uh, uh, Dark Primal has been one of those things where like you can do binding. And you can do uh, uh, damage and all that sort of thing. And then Dark Rage is like one of the afflictions that Dark Primals suffer from where they get real angry and they start attacking their friends uh, if certain conditions are met, which is usually a staff member makes a call. Uh, Especially if Archon's around. Uh, Dark Star Rising is um, you bestow one blood by Dark to an unconscious person that person can be yourself that's huge because that means that we can get ourselves up and we can do it once per rest so it's not like super huge broken ability or anything like that but it means that we can get ourselves up if we hit zero blood which uh is awesome and also it means that like dark can do a heal thing hold on a second that's new uh we were told that dark primal had been purged uh justice randall got their signature ability on the moon and like I, i'm pretty sure everyone who was on the ground was like yeah. quietly cheering and like screaming with joy <laughs> because this has been like a long time coming oh my gosh it was such a good seed it was so delicious <laughs> um we all went back and we pretty much like fell out of the portal and archon wasn't with us and we all felt a little weird. And it, for like, I think like a couple of seconds, all darkness had been like completely purged from the world yeah. and then brought back. So like some of us felt it, um, but most people were seen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I know. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. I just remembered a thing. <laughs> I was going to wrap it up and say like that. That was it. We, we came back and the sun was pretty much up enough that I could see yep. where I was going. <laughs> yeah. But. <laughs> 
I want to say he blasted darkness so much that sun. Came Whoa! Out. Yeah, <laughs> but I want to say four hours before that, uh, the proofing started. Uh, <laughs> uh, did it start? I thought it really started the next. No. Uh, so there was one. What did start Friday? There one. There was one proving that happened Friday night. So the proving is what uh, endless hunt people have to go through. For people who don't know. Um, uh, the Endless Hunt are cool people that hunt things. Uh, so we all had to go through approving in order to get the Stone of Consequence holder on our side, or the Lost Stone holder on our side. Uh, and if we succeeded in the proving, it would hold back all of the... Uh, a bunch of, like, our enemies from coming in and, and ruining us in the face. Um, so the There's a lot of factions this, this, at play. This, like, if we could complete this, it would get a lot of yeah, factions off of our back. That's a better way, that's a better way to put it than I did. Uh, so, um, <laughs> uh, so the first one was a combat one, which made me happy because I got to try out my new favorite shifter form, uh, brute form, where I got to get super mad and beat people up, and that was cool. Uh, I screwed heard a lot of that form throughout the whole I get to weekend. scream and it yeah. makes me happy. <laughs> but uh, ah. uh but yeah no we we I I participated in the first combat one um in the weekend. So yeah, that happened. Uh so fast four. One other thing that happened <laughs> Friday night that was super hugely important over the course of the entire weekend. I went on a dream walk that uh Absalon and Vesper and oh I know uh um Nora and Idris and there were a bunch of us that went on this. Um uh Malachi the others, etc. Uh we went on this was the dream walk to go into Rilla's mind and to get Inara's sword. Yeah. Which super big important, I remember. Yeah, that. massive. Uh, I was I was there mostly because they just needed people who hadn't been on a dream walk, and also it was potentially going to be dangerous, so they wanted people with shields. Um, we went in at one point. The the naughty that which slumbers version of Rilla ran into us and uh, uh, pinned Idris to the ground, and we had to continue walking forward. And if you leave the light of the beacon, you get like sucked into like the nightmare area and then you become like an evil version of yourself and you fight your friends and it's so we thought we were gonna lose Idris but then Nora who was like super heckin good friends with Rilla had gotten like the ability to resist one uh charm by dream and all of us had been charm by dream walk forward so we couldn't just stay with Idris while he was bound, but Nora could resist it and went back and was able to physically pick him up and carry him until we could get the bind off of him, which was awesome. <laughs> so uh, when when we got to the end, uh, we pretty much had to like fight Inara, like human Inara, like a memory. Uh, and after fighting her for a while, eventually uh, she gifted us the sword um said that like we had earned it and all that kind of thing um she was talking to us as if we were rilla ran into normal rilla while we were there who pretty much told us like you guys got to get out of here this is real bad um and we got out and heck we we had the sword we had it now um which ended up becoming really important uh, uh some some stuff happened saturday related to it and it became super important on sunday we can move on to Saturday now. There's, well, there's two there's two really important things with the sword. So like we need it's pretty much like a key item that we need to like do a thing. But mm -hmm. somebody also told Dreamrilla that they were looking for the sword. 
We did. Well, so we thought we thought that it was Rilla. Mm-hmm. Or, or I thought, I don't know, I didn't say anything the entire time. Because uh, when stuff like that's happening, I find it's a lot easier to be hush-hush yeah. um, rather than risk it. But um, we we thought we had run into normal Rilla. And then and then the nightmare dream light effects came on and we went, oh, you tricked us kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it was not intentional that we had told them that. Yeah, <laughs> but the, the, the consequence of that happening is now the the charade has been broken for like all the time that we've been doing the di podcast here like we're all we're all playing this charade with with rilla while she's like kind of possessed with the with the dream like we there's been this like you know we're friends but we're trying to do this agenda to like go against her and all this stuff but like this was like the final thing that like cements us as enemies to her we we had like kind of danced around it until the thing that happened on sunday and that was like the trigger that was like nope on you're sunday? done on sunday was, yeah it was sunday the... is when we stabbed into the device with the sword which you could only do with the sword and that's why it was a big deal uh, I believe the fight on Saturday when they when she sent the hunt and the chorus to take the sword from us, I would say is probably the point. Yeah, where she's where the facade's broken because that's the first time she sent people there to assault and kill. Don't us worry, Brett. And take a don't thing. worry, Brett. I got to talk to her before she got mad at us, and I promise you, we used our our charm and wit to convince her that no, that chorus is fine and totally did its job. <laughs> uh-huh. And then you guys <laughs> stabbed the weird device thing and now she doesn't believe us anymore. <laughs> Alright, uh, so Saturday. Yeah. Uh, Archon came back. Um, so i'm I'm hanging out i'm eating some food uh you know doing breakfast things uh i'm going on three and a half hours of sleep so i'm barely a person and then who who comes over the hill but a mighty morphin power ranger um now uh it is a weird so so i really liked it but at first when i saw when i saw archon's new outfit i thought oh it's a true forge which is a robot uh so (laughs) and i'm like hey the austinians have done business with the true forge before i'm gonna run over there and say hi so i walked up and it says hey you guys survived we did it and i was like oh fuck it's archon Uh, so i start running around like everyone archon's okay this is lovely um uh, now Archon is sporting a new outfit that has a capelet hanging off the arm that he had the cape that I put the capelet on, um, and I was like, "Wow, that really just all worked out." Uh, the the staffer and I talked after game off, and I was like, "He was like, do you want your capelet back?" I'm like, "Eh, you can hold on to it, so I don't accidentally wear it." Uh, because we had decided that uh, Archon had turned my capelet into his new outfit, so now I'm on Team Archon super hard because he's wearing my clothes um but uh yeah it was it was funny because for the first like half hour being awake i was like out of darkness stole my capelet and faith was like well when you give things to the gods they usually don't plan on giving them back like that's 
you know, it's you, you're like giving them like a gift. And I was like, no, it's a borrow. Um, but uh, <laughs> but it's not. It's a it's a dope ass fucking outfit now. Um, so uh, Archon came down. We hung out in the tea house. Uh, we talked about what we want to do to try to save Rilla because Archon is like real huge onto the save Rilla train because he's a big sweetie now because he's changed darkness, and um. So we we eventually landed on we're gonna we want to take the spear and like fit it with a cage that's made out of void, so that basically when we when we can knock that which slumbers out of Rilla it'll go into the spear and then since void is all consuming and dream is all producing it'll just be a cycle, um, but right now we need to figure out how to do that without doing a, a hot murder on Rilla which I have some ideas but you know whoa what did other people do saturday morning <laughs> all right candles <laughs> candles looked at the inside of her eyelids brett what were you up to <laughs> i uh saturday morning uh i did go to um another love and gathering this time it was with a bunch of friends oh. We had um, all the players that are invested in Levin's plot uh, go for story time with Levin. It was really good. Uh, we we read uh, Levin had this story that she wrote up. Um, pretty much like a script. Everybody had parts to read um, because it was a conversation that her and the other gods had. Um, and it's kind of, it was the story of of why Rilla, I mean, sorry, why uh, Levin is always sad, pretty much. But it was a really good story. It was really good RP. Um, and I came out of it feeling like, like pretty, pretty satisfied. Because I feel like when I, in lots of media, movies, games and stuff, when you have this important character and they you know, reveal their reasoning of why they're like the way they are. I feel like a lot of times it's like, uh, I guess so. <laughs> it's like, sure, that's necessary for the plot, yeah. I guess. Um, and it's kind of lackluster. I feel like that's a um, consistent thing with me. I feel that way. But um, when I got, like, Levens, I'm like, you know what? I I like this, and I vibe with this. <clears throat> it makes sense. Um, and and Walker felt the same way too, so it's it really worked out. Um, and Levin gave us this. Um, I don't think it was a thing. I think it was. It was. It's a tag. She gave us a tag and said, pretty much, if you share a secret with somebody, open up the tag. Um, if you like bond with somebody, and I was like, okay, cool. Um, but we leave that, and that was a really fun mod. Um, I'm just gonna say with the tag, like, this is jumping later in the day, but, um, I knew I wanted to do that secret sharing thing that day, mm -hmm. um, and I've been meaning to have a conversation with Varen. Um, mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure we talked about Varen on the podcast before, but Varen is a hunt member, he's big violence man, a wicked badass, yeah. um, it does, uh, what's the thing he did a lot this event? Tricep? Tricep dips. Tricep dips! Tricep dips. The master of tricep I thirstily dips. watched from 20 feet away. <laughs> oh, I really did. 
Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is really good because uh, because uh, at a game, his wife encouraged <laughs> or like uh, almost like solicited him to do the triceps. Encouraged. That's the better I like word. solicited better. And we're all like, uh, we're all like, ah, uh, yes, yeah. good. Um. Anyway. Uh. Yeah. So I had a conversation with Baron, um, which was cool. Uh, Baron's like, um, you know, really into being this badass violent guy, and Walker is mostly built built to be a fighter, despite like you know, kind of like wanting things to go peacefully. Walker's kind of like the speak softly but carry a big stick kind of person. So we had this interesting conversation about like Varen, you know, the the differences and similarities of our interactions with violence and our feelings on it um, and stuff, which was really cool. Um, But no, I had this nice bonding moment with Varen and I opened up the tag later and um, pretty much you rip the tag in half because you give the other half to the person, and they are now empathetically bonded, and or magically bonded too, because if somebody goes down, you can take a wound on self to restore all their blood. Yeah. Once per... Like, once per day or event? I forget. That's cool. But that's a cool yeah, that's ability. fucking sweet. I'm gonna do it. It came in handy with the Tristane, Tristane yeah. fight. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's why I did that. All right. Um, I, oh, I did another, uh, part of the proving and I did another combat proving. Um, it was, oh, yeah, the duels. I yeah, you, you came with one. us. It was, uh, two V2s and I remember we, we walked out and I looked out at the, uh, two law things that were waiting for us and I was like, can we fight in the shade? And they went, yes, that's why we're in the shade. And I was like, I love you. Um, so <laughs> uh, so we moved over. It was uh, Malika and I paired up because we are a beautiful wonder team and we love each other and we're the best friends. And um, uh, I got to do my, my yells again, which was pretty fun. But uh, I remember I talked to the staffer after. Now, the way that the fight went uh, was... Uh, I quickly ducked behind Malachi, and it takes 15 seconds for me to go into a complete and utter rage, and then I could just throw crushings for five seconds nonstop. Um, so I I did that. I run out and I I kick the I kick the crap out of one of them, and then it becomes a two v one. Um, and Malachi and I were able to beat them. Uh, I talked to the staffer after, and he was like, "Yeah, we didn't know what you were doing, uh, because usually the two of you would just like run at us screaming, but you ducked behind him, and we thought, oh, they're gonna try to like do like a peekaboo kind of thing, and then we heard you start shrieking, and then you sprint out from behind him, yelling about how you're gonna kill both of us, and then you just took one of us down, and then you ran for me, and it was uh horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, the yells, the yells are fun. Um, yeah. Then you. I think I fought with Decimus. Yes. I think Decimus and I took on the yeah. next one, which one were pretty good. Long boys. Not a lot to say. It was pretty yeah. good. Yeah, we had the long reach yeah. weapons. And the... I think we can both say the, <laughs> the, the best the fight. Final though. fight. <laughs> Marina and Arda go <laughs> out. Um, and they start they start fighting and like it's going it's it's going well. Um, they're they're swinging around. They're doing a really good job. And then. Um, one of the law guys maims one of Arda's legs. Arda, in response, binds, um, 
one of the law elementals legs so they're both just on the ground and what ensues is the mightiest wizard duel of all as they are snaking around on the ground and rolling and trying to dodge packets from each other and trying to just like whip packets at each other as hard as they can while this is happening in the background, Merna has maimed one of the law, one of the law mental's legs, and he has in turn maimed one of hers. So they're doing a, a shuffle around on the ground scuffle as well. Uh, <laughs> we we luckily came out on top, but it was still just like, oh my gosh, wow, aim is really strong. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, um, it was beautiful. It, it was, was the really great. Good. It was, it was really... the greatest wizard duel I've ever seen. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was wild. I really wasn't sure if um, what was it Arda yeah. you said, Arda or if um, or if Will was gonna win I... that one because they were like, <laughs> that... <laughs> that was that was going back I, and forth. Like I things. had complete confidence in our Brinkers to really clutch it out. <laughs> We already were like we were already two for three. Uh, no. Like even if they we, lost, we, sort of two we for overachieve three. no matter how scrappy and on the ground and wiggling around we need to be. Nope. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the ground gremlin. Yeah. Power. Uh. Then yeah, we we did that. We we did a good we did a good job in that proving. Um. I think like another one started, which was like a, a debate, but that might have actually been Friday before. I wasn't a part of it. I, I, but I know we won. We did a good job. Um, hey. I think the next thing that happened to me was Ice Elemental. Oh, man. So good. I don't even think we told the audience that this this event was a hot This event, I think we were kissing like 99 degrees to 100 degrees at certain points. No, was it really that high? It was hot. I can't remember if that's the exact thing. I thought it was just like 90 or I think it was just like mid-90s or something. I may be hyperbolizing. I don't know. I was a sweaty bitch. And... Matt said it was 100 hearts. It definitely was. So many hearts, it hurt. But, uh... So... So I remember two a hunt... One of the hunt characters runs out and is just like, "Oh, hey, uh, it's um, Dottie or Millie." I get their names mixed up all the time. Regardless, one of the hunt twins runs out and um, it's like, "Hey, my stupid idiot brother's fighting it like a weird like elemental, and we need help." And uh, and she like looks up and just goes, "Uh, so clarify if uh, you don't want anything to get wet, you probably shouldn't go." And I I looked at candles because i know you were going to go on it and then you looked at me and i don't know if you saw like desperation in my face or if you just didn't want to get wet uh but you let me swap out and go to fight the ice elemental instead and that was really (laughs) i yeah i thought it sounded bad and dangerous and then as soon as i realized that this was silly hunt plot and that wetness was gonna happen i was immediately like nope someone else can go (laughs) And Matt looked so sure, so... and I was like, tap out. <laughs> um, uh, so, uh, Brett, did you go with us to the ice elemental? Okay. No, I missed Sorry. this one. Uh, I'm going to tell another story. Um, so, we run we run <laughs> for the uh, ice elemental, and we show up, and... Um, Dottie, yeah, it's Dottie. Dottie is the one uh, who got stuck fighting the ice elemental. So uh, we see him, and he's got like his arms stuck inside of it, and he's just bashing his head into the side. Now, the the way that the ice elemental looks is it's uh, one of the crunchies is 
I think sitting on top of a picnic table with a long blue dress that pretty much overtakes the entire picnic table. I don't know if it's actually a dress. It might be a tarp. I don't know. Um, and they're holding two wet pool noodles. And um, we get told beforehand, clarify, if you get hit with water, it counts as a stun. Um, so it was like, it was Oswin, Charlie, Serka, um, I think Eloy came. We had like a bunch of people and we we're all just there to have fun. Uh, so there were two people underneath the picnic table who had like big water sprayer, like water gun, like shooty things. Um, and they'd blast you with it. And this water was fucking cold and it felt fucking awesome yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, oh yeah Salen came with us too um so we're running around we're oh. fighting it and stuff like that and it's just hitting us with wet poo noodles saying like non-lethal non-lethal so it's not hurting us it's just funny um we <laughs> we run in and i'm like i look down at Dottie. i'm like uh do you, do you need help do you want to get out of there and he's like i don't know if you can get me out of there i'm like clarify are you considered a heavy object he went yes and i went cool i, I went like hulk form and just like pulled him out um and that freed everybody up to get in there and just keep hitting it uh i think the final blow was delivered by charlie who um had both of her arms maimed by it uh serka put charlie's sword in her mouth and charlie charged at it and started slashing at it with her face <laughs> it goes down and the hunt uh the hunt twins go oh wow look its guts are so weird and they just start pulling freeze pops out and throwing them to us <laughs> Uh, so like that was you love a refreshing so fucking fun um so yeah so on our way back um i went to grab my wallet and stuff from my car that i dropped off because i want to get sprayed and uh eloy was like running ahead of me and then she turns around and comes back and goes hey there's someone over there who's hurt so i run over and i don't see like so when we were doing the proving everything that was like a law mental had like special face paint on i didn't see it so i start getting closer and um uh so uh, i think it, it was becca had a just like leg that was just like fucked up beyond all recognition just like cuts bruises and like massive chunks of it were just like all oozing and shit and i was like huh um oh that doesn't look so good that might have to come off and she goes no no i need this leg and i was like uh, well i'm gonna find someone more qualified than me i'm an armor smith and i ran away uh and i ran to find dr comp here and i was like hey there's someone really hurt over there and then one of the staffers turns and looks at me with a clipboard and goes it's part of the proving and i went oh all right. <laughs> that is totally the one I ended up going yeah. on this, so good Whoa. call. I went on that one, but I didn't do like anything yeah. for the mercy. How about you guys talk up. about it? Because I have been taking all the airtime. <laughs> Candle, you should talk about it entirely because I have, I have, I did literally oh. nothing. No, the mercy trial was an interesting one. Mostly, um, it wasn't one that I felt like required a whole lot of people per se. Um, it was definitely one where. It was someone who had suffered like a, a leg injury um, with uh, their spouse, and we pretty much had to talk to them. And Dr. Crumpier got to a point where, uh, after looking at the leg while other people were like soothing her, Dr. Crumpier mostly did like the medical stuff. And it was pretty much like the leg was gangrenous, it was going to continue to get it worse and would just kill them. So it would have to be like pretty much removed i think was like remove it uh try to keep the person healthy or like abandon them or something like that that kind of stuff um so we got to a point where people pretty much comforted the person they 
were like, oh, we promise we're going to help you and we'll make sure that you're going to be okay. And um, everything they could do to to soothe this person and to ease their problems and to, to stress to them that everything was going to work out. Uh, and that we would do everything in our power to help. And um, Dr. Crumpier fucking cut that leg off. Like, woo! <laughs> that's what I... One time you didn't have your, your weapon that's a bone <laughs> saw. Yeah, I didn't bring my bone saw because they were like, this will not involve any combat. And I was like, awesome, I don't have to worry about carrying this. I'll just bring myself. And then, luckily, I had my knife on me. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I just used that. Um, removed the leg continued to talk to the person and they, they were like being super tearful and stuff and then it was like the proving is complete and they just go totally deadpan stand up and walk <laughs> away and I was like what the heck? Yeah. Uh, we succeeded in that one and I think I think everyone did a good job being like uh, emotionally supportive and stuff like that I'm glad that we had emotionally supportive people there other than Doc, specifically because Dr. Computer's not good at that kind of stuff. So I did the part that was easiest for Dr. Computer, which is the remove of the leg. Because she's very pragmatic and very straightforward. I feel like that wouldn't have been terribly comforting. That's, well, there's, I think there's something to say about competence being comforting. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I'm a doctor and I know how to amputate a leg. It's like, you know, you might not be like, Oh, like have a lot of bedside manner, but just being like, I know how to do this. You're gonna be fine. Is like, you know, yeah. Already, so the next thing we had was the Veer fight in the woods. Yeah, Yeah. I, I forget what we tried. We had to go there to acquire phylactery. Phylactery. What's a phylactery? That's uh, the thing that holds the Veer's Bren's like soul in it or something like that. I might be wrong. I've only uh, been playing this game for a year. I don't know. You pretty much got it. <laughs> yeah, I did it. Um, yeah, I, I like this uh, I like this combat a lot. I like trail fights. I think they're fun. Trail like, fights are so cool. Yeah, because you gotta like you gotta like work together and shit like that. Um mm-hmm. and there's a definite like front and back. Although we are fighting tree people, so they would just kind of fly out of the woods and beat the shit out of me. It made me sad, um, but it was the first time I got to use Dark Star Rising, which is great because you hit the ground and then the enemies are like, ha ha, and then you stand back up and they're like, oh, uh, hmm. um, uh, it was mostly, I, I like, didn't hear no bell. Yeah, like basically it's it, so like the best part about it is that a lot of the other like players didn't know that we got it. So it's just like you fall down and then you just stand right back up and they're like, wait, what the fuck? Did you just heal yourself with dark magic? And you're like, yeah, I did. <sighs> Got a problem? Uh, cool, right? Yeah. <laughs> you guys think I'm cool, right? My mom thinks I'm cool. Uh, uh, <laughs> but I spent... Shut up. You're right. Oz's, Oz's <laughs> mom doesn't. Matt's mom probably does. We don't need to get into that. Um, But anyway... But, yeah, I spent most, most of the time I was just, like, running back and forth and just being a weird, loud, skirmishy boy. Um... Don't know what you guys were up to. I was moving between uh, points that needed more assistance. Hell yeah. That's kind of what I've been doing for a lot of these fights. Is So one of the things that I got this game that I'm really excited for is Decimus made me a uh, super weapon, pretty much. I played DI without having any special equipment things, and now I suddenly have a tier 3 badass staff that has silver. Ooh. Uh, yeah. 
two uses of break, which is amazing to have on a pole arm. Yeah, break's fantastic. It's really good. And then I have this weird one um, where I can do a crushing maim by fire, but then a disarm by fire. So I pretty much have explosives packed into one end of the uh, one end <laughs> of my staff. So I can blow somebody's blim up and then blow the thing out of my hand. I am a peaceful man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a healer, but... <laughs> Except I'm not a healer. <laughs> not a healer. Uh, no, I mean, that was good. I, I went to lots of... Moved around a lot that fight. Um, where, where needed. Uh, it's... It was it was pretty sketchy for a lot, but there's the problem with trail battles for me with, as a polearm is I can be much more limited because if I can't move around freely, then it's easy as as Jamie found out, easy to get right into my guard with two <laughs> melee weapons and just like <laughs> beat me silly. Yeah, I think there was two staffers that were like, okay, well. He can't move away, so if we just run in, <laughs> he's got a pole arm. Yes, yeah. I have to like, yeah, it, I took a lot of damage. Yeah, uh, <laughs> no, I. Wait, if I ever get too big for my britches with my my big screams, uh, I take a five second stun right after, and I have been humbled several times. So oh. I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> uh, were you the one that also made my armor this event? What armor do you have? The light. The the soldier's light armor. Yeah. Oh, the one that has like the crystal in it. Uh, yeah. diamond in it. Yeah, that lets you reflect light. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I made that for Varen, and then it turns out that diamond doesn't do the thing that we thought it did, and he was like, "Hmm, well, I don't want this." Uh, and I was like, <laughs> "Well, I made it for you, so you know, whoever it goes diamond to." Did? We thought it was going to give him like plus ten or plus five to his armor stat, but oh, it, you need multiple diamonds, I believe. I. I think that it was something else. I think we actually figured out what it was later, and it was just like, huh, well... Because um, yeah, I remember Stein made diamond-encrusted armor. Yeah. But I think uh, Stein like, put in like multiple diamonds into it. No, we, we read Stein's thing, and there's uh, and then we found Vesper who made it, and it was a different thing, adds the stuff. It's like blood weed or something like that we we figured blood out what weed. it was blood, yeah. blood weed um it's not that okay. at all it's got a cooler name um <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah um your fight was really cool and we did a good job and selen took a critical and it made us all sad because we love selen uh, <laughs> it's fine they got <laughs> they got some juicy stuff from it from what i understand. yeah yeah Super um, hacking blighted. The most yeah. blighted you can be. And yeah. living with blight, yeah. Marinuk and Mom Nom the, the, the blight, so it's fine. Uh, <laughs> I think. But yeah, um, after after that, there's a lot of cool roleplay stuff. Cool stuff happened with the Zaman, where like the, like, the ghost guy showed up, and Charlie and Oz wanted to eat him, because we have horrible blight allergy vampirism problems. Um... <laughs> uh, <laughs> We kept asking, like, do you need your blood? And he was like, I do. And we were like, damn it. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's when I stabbed myself in the leg to kill an urge. And then Charlie licked the blood off the knife. It was really cool. Uh, yeah, the you guys had a lot of good role play this. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Austinians aren't falling apart. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, I really liked I really liked the conversation 
where <laughs> where I think uh someone was brought up uh skullduggery compere and the skullduggeries <laughs> in general, which of course, as everybody knows, no. are what? the <laughs> are just the Osteen Brett. dressed up. Stop. Is this a secret? Is this just a secret? It's a secret. No one knows. <laughs> not a secret. It's not a secret at all. <laughs> um, but Stein, I think Stein is just like, you know, I never thought the um, the skullduggeries were very attractive or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, you could, you could fuck yourself, Stein. Yeah. How about that? Like, like, oh. Fuck you, Stein. Yeah, yeah I think uh, Charlie and Oz were loud problems uh yeah. well you guys had the best ba- bounce back between that too because i think charlie said you know i heard the skullduggeries are very generous lovers and then you <laughs> jumped in with a some say too generous <laughs> <laughs> yep. god i miss being horny at larps uh <laughs> really good Oh, yeah, no, we, yeah, no, so, like, again, since it was so hot, a lot of time was spent just, like, chilling out and stuff like that, because, like, it got to the point where it's kind of dangerous to run combats and stuff, so we all actually just got to, like, sit around and just roleplay and hang out with each other, and that was super cool, um, and then, uh, Candles had had a thing to talk about, Uh, oh, boy, oh, golly, all right, so, most people who have listened to our podcast know about Zorian Iskara, who Dr. Compeer has spent, as we found out, the past year and a half at this point babysitting. Dealing with <laughs> Um Doc's recent BGA resulted in uh, uh noticing a couple of interesting changes in Zorian and the way that they've been acting. Um they're usually very not that they completely lack empathy, but that's definitely not high on their priority list or anything in that capacity. Um, Zorians seem to maybe hint that they cared about Dr. Compeer perhaps more than just uh, a generic Garian assistant number one billion or whatever. Uh, which is what Doc expected to remain the same, but Do- Doc has always had like a a weird relationship with Zorian. Most of the Doc was absolutely terrified of them at first, and then terrified of what could happen to them, that sort of thing. This event was very interesting because Doc definitely was starting to have some complicated feelings about Zorian because Doc finally snapped at Zorian and <laughs> expressed her disappointment in some of the shit that they were doing. Because up until this point, it had been trying to steer Zorian in the right direction without being obvious that we're directly working against Rilla and sometimes directly working against their goals. Like, trying to guide them down better paths. And this re- recently, at Garia51, uh, Doc was like, no. You have fucked up this is really bad. I'm not being complacent anymore. <laughs> uh, that seems to have awakened something in both of them. Or uh, Zorian, I guess, maybe spending so much time with Doc, things had changed. But uh, Zorian showed up, and this it was the worst thing ever, because I, I don't remember who I said it to, but I was like, hey, I'm exhausted, and I'm so hot. I'm going to go close my eyes for like a couple minutes in the Priory. If 
Zorin shows up, come get me. If there's a town fight, come get me. And I'm so comfortable. I close my eyes, drifting off. And then I hear Matt's voice <laughs> say, Zorian, in the Austin way. And my eyes snapped open so fucking fast. And I rush outside, and there's like a whole bunch of people around Zorian talking to them, which is like peak alarm bell panic because Doc was convinced that there were a couple people in Brink who saw Zorian like explicitly say, We have to kill the gods. That's the answer. That's my goal, essentially. And people were like, Hello? And asked Doc to explain, and Doc waffled until Game Off happened for the one day event. Um, because that happened right at the end. So Doc was yeah. terrified that Zorian was going to be, like, killed by the people in town. Uh, Zorian turns to Doc and is like, your companions said that we should get a divorce. Oh, okay. If I may interject a Doc. moment. <laughs> so, Let me speak my pace. So Zorian walks in and goes, oh, the, the love experiment is nearly at an end, and Oz hears love at an end and goes, oh no, you're going to divorce Dr. Comp here. And Zorian goes, no. And then you come outside and Zorian says, oh, your friend here says that we should get a divorce. And I went, that's not what I said. And <laughs> yeah. bless, bless everyone around us who decided, no, Oswin, you don't have to twist in the wind right now. Uh, said that's not what Oswin said, even remotely. Do not worry. And I was like, thank God, because I don't need Dr. Compere to be like, Oswin, you need a checkup, and then get murdered behind the wood, like in the woods. I don't need it. It's... <laughs> I would never do that. Would. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, depends on the situation. I will what? say, I will say, I want, I want people to be aware of this because uh, I, I did. I, I'm less concerned about it being a problem now. Uh, I was concerned that there was a chance that there was going to be some PvP at game, and that if people tried to hurt Zorian, Doctor Compier was going to literally pull out all of the stops. <clears throat> to prevent it from happening. And Doc's not very strong. So for me, my mental was like, okay, who, as a hexer, my plan was I would uh, try to bad medicine, uh, but only if I felt like I really had to, uh, just try and like shield fight and protect Zorian. And if it came down to it, I was going to be willing to hex somebody to help me protect Zorian. Um, and I pretty much confirmed that the person who I felt like Doc would be most likely to ask would be, uh, uh, or, or specifically, I Candles felt like the person who I could ask out of game that I could trust to accept this kind of like immediate PvP roleplay was Matt. Uh, yeah. So I was, and Oswin's very strong, so that would also be an effective combat choice. So like I was getting to the point where I was ready to hex. Oswin, Doc was gonna hex Oswin and try and fight off the town for as long as she could and hope that Zorian could get away. Like, absolutely was willing to throw everything out the window level of like <laughs> protecting this person who makes it very challenging to do these things. I might add. <laughs> so sad that it didn't happen. Glad that it didn't happen. <laughs> um, 
I don't think any woods killing will happen at this point now. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> um, so Zorian is like, uh, Dr. Compier had promised, like, Dr. Compier, like, hey, the love experiment is, is going to reach an end, and uh, I want to share the results with you. And Doc's like, okay. And Zorian's like, do you want to go somewhere private to talk about it? And Doc's like, yeah. And so we went off to, like, a private picnic area. I didn't really know where to go because we didn't have the med tent. Um, and I didn't, I was like, I, I'm not 100% sure. So we went, we went off to, like, where the tents are. And there's a picnic table. And we pretty much sat down. And um, Zorin went into, like, uh, like, after spending all this time with you. And, like, I, I definitely thought the experiment was was an attempt from all of you to distract me from things, and I went along with it in hopes that it would make you all complacent enough to let me do what I needed to do and be distracted by silly, frivolous little nonsense experiment and, like, whatever, and, like, play along and, and then you would all stay out of my way, which, you know, it's the same thing we were trying to do to them, so... <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but Zorian pretty much confessed to Dr. Crompier that they were in love with Dr. Crompier. And Dr. Crompier had been getting a lot of pep talks from people and had really kind of thought about it. And it really felt like after the uh, the promise on the moon, um, when asked, like, what is Dr. Crompier's, like, biggest priority? And, like, first thing that jumped to mind while immersed in the character is, I have to keep Zorian safe. Second is everything else. So I, I felt like at that point, solidly, I was like, yeah, I, you know what? Dr. Crompier is probably in love with Zorian as well um, in a weird way. But like, you know, it's it's been a year and a half. Things happen. They they have a lot in common. The only person more dry than Dr. Crompier is Zorian's personality. So it's uh, they've an emotional conversation. Uh, there's a lot of awkwardness and like kind of nervousness and stuff like that is awkward and nervous as two people who don't emote very much can be i suppose uh and then zorian starts talking about like how uh uh like rilla is going to be kind of like a problem and doc's like oh fuck okay well you should stay here in brink then you should not go back to doing experiments with rilla and zorian's like this person plays Zorian. Ooh. <laughs> Starts like, <laughs> like, starting to kind of like breathe a little strangely. And I'm picking up on that and I'm like, okay, this is a little weird. And it's like, uh, Rilla wanted to do an experiment to see what tremendous amount of radiance on a human body could, or like on, on a mortal body and like what kind of effect that could have. And Doc's like, okay. And Zorian's like, so I accepted to do it because, like, you know, Frilla's like, you're gonna do a thing, like, you have to do it. So Doc's like, oh my fucking god, are you? Well, well what's going on? Are you okay? Like, what? What's happening? And like this point, it's like very clear that Zorian is like in pain and like labored breathing, and like things are starting to look a little dire. And Doc's like, oh fuck. And so Doc's like panicking i try like diagnosing i try using some healing i try like doing your tending like any ability any mechanical ability i had or role play thing that i could do i tried and it was not working so then doc's like all right we're gonna get you back to town because in the worst case scenario we can use the deck of fate and give you an intervention and bring you back and like i'll i'll do whatever it takes to make sure that you're okay 
So we're walking back to town, and Doc's like, Radiance is light, maybe dark will work. And I had forgotten that Radiance is light and fire, so I'm like, dark! And I hit him with dark, passes out. They're, they're out cold, uh, and I'm like, oh, diagnose! And Stafford's just like, it's looking real bad. And I was like, oh my god! <laughs> so I get the panic alarm bells, because at this point, Zorin's completely unconscious, and as far as I know, Rilla has tried to, like, assassinate them, essentially, because they were, quote, dilly-dallying too much, which is getting involved in Dr. Crompier. So Dr. Crompier also feels super responsible for this. So so I come back into town, and uh, having just lost Steelcore, having just confessed some very, vul- had a vulnerable moment confessing feelings, <laughs> Doc brings Zorian back, and I, it, she is screaming and, like, asking for help. Like, I need help. I need help right now. I don't know what to do. Like, this is an emergency. We, we are on a timer, people. Um, Everyone's, like, trying to discuss, like, what we can do. Oswin has a genius idea where it's, like, Radiance, that's uh, light and fire. We can combine uh, water primal and dark primal, and we can do depths, and that will be the opposite, and maybe maybe that'll help. Yeah. Bless Oswin. <laughs> <laughs> Doc, uh, I'm helpful. Doc, Doc, Doc owes him a huge favor for, like, that specific thing. So we do that, and Zorin comes to and is, like, conscious again, um, and, and a little less in uh, peril, but still, like, gonna escalate again um we start discussing walker who was there um potentially like i guess pulling the radiance out and then like pushing it somewhere else using siphon abilities uh everyone's like trying to talk about it we're like oh let's bring Zorin over to the tea house in case something bad happens because it's a non-hostile environment and and there's just like super chaotic and Zorian starts asking dr compere some questions like how are you feeling right now? And Doc's like distressed, upset, uh, angry, uh, desperate. I, I, what, I don't know what are you, why are you asking? What do you want to know? So he's like, what, what will you do after I perish? And Doc's like, I haven't thought about that. I just, I'll be straight up. You perishing was like so far from my mind. I thought I was going to die first or uh, that we were just going to do experiments like forever. I don't know. I, this isn't something I've thought about, and this is not something I'm going to allow to happen. I'm not going to let you go up first. It's, it's not a thing. Especially because Zorian is like 300 plus years old. So, like, the doc, it's like Zorian's not someone who can die. Ah! Uh, <laughs> uh, so, Zorian is like, all right, and is, had like asked a, a couple of these like really weird, hard hitting questions. And finally, Zorian takes their hand puts it in the crossbow that's on their their holster and pulls it out and it's like dr compere i need you to do me a favor for me right now do you trust me and doc's like yes Zorian's like i need you to shoot me so at this point like fuck i was just like stunned like tunnel vision just like what the fuck uh looking back at it i think that what doc would have done is like done the charm by hex do not knowingly lie is this going to kill you um i just asked so uh if if zorin had been lying uh that would have been fucked up because because we brought zorin over and doc was like this better not kill you and like you have to promise me it won't zorin's like nope and so Doc shot them. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't it be? Fu- wouldn't it have been fucked up if he were lying to you? Wouldn't that have been really bad? That would have been. Wouldn't so that have been really bad if he was fucking fucked. lying to you? If they were. <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> specifically about that thing. Specifically, yes. 
Uh, <laughs> damn it. Um, so, after that, Dr. Computer is super relieved, and Zorian's like, ah, the love experiment is concluded. Like, the, the results are in. And Doc's like, what? And Zorian's like, like, uh, after observing, it goes on, like, this long, like, tangent, essentially, about, like, after observing, like, your your distress at potentially losing someone that you loved, after seeing how love can affect someone's, like, judgment and, like, how, how they will be able to make decisions and, like, their ability to function and blah, 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 blah. It's clear that the gods, uh, their love has caused them to, to, because they're not working together and their love for each other isn't strong and whatever uh it, it's caused them to weaken we we need them to band together we need them to bond and to to re- remember that love so that they can they can be strong as a, a united force and to to blah 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 love is the answer they that's what they need and uh, to, in order to to like save rilla and blah 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 and doc's like what the fuck are you talking about but what about the radiance thing, the Rilla thing, and Zorian's like, "Oh, I, I did that. I injected myself with the radiance in order to uh, observe your reaction, to to confirm my hypothesis." <laughs> uh so Doctor Computer is stunned. Like, I, I just at that point, it was just like pure raw emotional <laughs> numbness. Because <laughs> the whiplash was so severe, uh, all the other observers, the audience members, look pissed oh, on a, on yeah. a scale. I mean, Oz and I, and I forget who else was with us, were like all oh, the sidelines, pretty pissed off. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, this is pretty bullshit. Yeah, yeah I, I was like. <laughs> Everyone oh, was pissed. You came in, caused this huge scene with legitimate fear in your voice. Like, holy fuck, everything's been ripped away from me. All that's left is this fucking idiot. And he, <laughs> and they're gonna die. They're gonna die if I can't solve this in two minutes. And then they're just like, yo, yo, Bay, shoot me in the chest with this crossbow. It was a joke, fam. It's just like... Oh, gotcha. <laughs> I just wanted to see how much you loved me. Yeah, I was like, Walker, I was like to pause and to, I was like, you know, back in the day, uh, a lot of the laws were dictated by, you know, chosen. Uh, It's not quite the snare anymore, but if you want to like ambush the first foreman on his way back home and beat the shit out of him, I think that's legal. I think that the Zorian isn't going home because after our discussion, we talked for a little while. God, it, it, this is this is a bad event for for their romance. They may have confessed feelings for each other, but it was awkward. Uh, Doc's got some complicated feelings about shit, um, mostly because of like the extreme gaslighting that she just went through. <laughs> Yeah, it was but crazy. It's, <laughs> but it's a lot. Uh, and to be fair, I mean, quite absolutely know what he was doing. Um, uh, one of this, uh, one of the people who crunched told me that when uh, Corey oh, yeah. was a, was leaving the staff hall to do that, he's like, "All right, I'm gonna go gaslight Doc for an hour," <laughs> and walked out. <laughs> yeah. That's me. I can't. Uh, man, I'm so anxious mostly because, like, at this point, things just keep escalating, and I don't, I don't see, I don't see that 
I don't see things de-escalating. I don't see things de-escalating anything. Well, so they they talked about it after, and Doc was, like, very clear that, like, hey, that was, like, super not okay and, like, really seriously emotionally hurtful and really bad. And Zorian was, like, I'm sorry. I'm Like, Zorian was genuinely sorry to have had to do it. Um, or how what they feel is having to do it. But at this point, due to the results, Zorian is convinced that, like, the gods can be saved and that love is the answer. And this is the best case scenario for for going from we need to murder them all to this. Uh, Doc's feeling real good about that. So, <laughs> uh, however, Doc did just say, Zorian, you are staying here in Brink. I am not. Really, no. And Zorian was like, that's fine with me. Without consulting Faith or any other individuals in town. So, like, it's totally fine. It's not a problem. It's not an issue in any capacity. Faith wasn't thrilled. I'll say that. Yes. Yeah, they're in Brink. Oh, yeah. I should have had my BGA be, like, visiting them with, like, a bag full of oranges. A random chosen oh. shot would beat me up. <laughs> um, Three nights in a row. One of the, definitely one of the things that things unfortunately were left off with the two of them rather awkward. Uh, mostly Weird because um, Doctor, so Zorian has to consume sunlight in order to live, and Doc is allergic to sunlight currently. So they there's a, a cute joke of like, oh, we'll uh, we'll meet at like dawn and and twilight, and we'll we'll spend our time when the sun is like sort of there but not all the way. Uh, and that was that was funny. There's some moments like that sometimes. Sometimes Doc pretends to have little T Rex arms and makes Zorian laugh. You know, <laughs> they they have the little moments. Why? Whatever you have to tell yourself. It's, it's not me, it's Dr. Comfy. Trust me. <laughs> be fucking dead and I would have been my frustration transcends. Alright, Pil- Pilgrims of Brink, we gotta gaslight the gods into shooting each other with crossbow bolts. <laughs> While saying they love each other. <laughs> I love you, Titan. Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> Wow. wow. No. Shooting, I, shooting uh, Titan with a crossbow for the yeah. of love that must might, give him crazy whiplash. That might bring up my memories. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, like, uh, as it turns out, this plan won't work. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I guess uh, Doc, Doc talked to Zorian a little bit about the humanity thing, which is like her hatred of art and her hatred of curators, which uh, Zorian definitely got real somber at that and was like oh yes i went to old dustin and had some experience with the 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 curators and all that kind of stuff and like the the art making process and doc assumed that that was like had been turned into art or used as an art piece and doc was like oh my god i'm so sorry that you had to go through that and so he was like no i wasn't the subject doc had a moment <laughs> And so things ended off a little awkwardly, where Doc was like, "Okay, so, so we'll see what happens next event. Hopefully, uh, next one will be really good." But next event isn't happening yet because then we get to the proving. No, we with don't. Capital P. No, we, no? we have more stuff. Uh, <clears throat> oh. <laughs> uh, Brett, do you, did you have anything before the proving? 
Okay, uh, Matt did. Um, so oh! a hunter shows up uh, to Brink, and at this point, a lot of people went on the um, uh, horribly traumatizing Yoruby library mod. I didn't go on it. I'm not a Yoruby, so I was sitting around hanging out, having a fun time, and um, uh, a hunter shows up, and he's like, "Hey, there's two prey." Um, and I was like, "I'll go find the hunters for you." And I grabbed Varen and I grabbed Decimus, and then we were like, "Where's Selin?" And we we're like, "We don't know." Um, so uh, Varen and Decimus just both went, "Oz, you can come with us." And I was like, "Really? Wow!" Now. <laughs> I wear like roses up my arm and I, uh, a fancy hat and fancy boots. So we looked like quite the group of these like badass hunters wearing furs and really nice leather armor. And then me in the back with my, with my magical fun time bard outfit. Um, <laughs> but we walk up and there's two, uh, there's two prey. There's one that's a, um, a gift giver and one that's a lizard folk. Um, the lizard folk sprints into the woods, so me and the hunter go to follow it, and Decimus and Varen go to fight the gift giver. Um, I look at the hunter and go, I think this is going to be a trap. I think we should go back and deal with the gift bearer first. So he agrees, we turn around, we walk back. Uh, we start fighting the gift bearer, and the gift bearer slays the hunter, and we immediately go, all right, the hunter's unconscious. Um what are you doing here? And the gift bearer goes, I, I just wanted to escape. I just wanted to leave. Uh, I, I didn't like what was going on in the origin. And we were like, and with Rilla, and we were like, all right, is that your friend? And they went, yeah. I'm like, all right, well, go off then. Run, get out of here. Um, so the prey leave. Uh, Varen and um, uh, Desmus start like, Mock, like make like a mock battle scene and then like burn a bunch of stuff so it looks like they fought like the monsters and burned the bushes uh burned their the bodies uh and then they went we need to make this look good and then decimus just baseball swing breaks my leg uh <laughs> and it's like all right now it looks good they, they there's no way that he's going to be able to know so like we we trudge back they heal the uh hunter up and go all right uh we got him we were able to take him out and the hunter went all right good thank you rilla will be happy and uh he turns and walks away and we were like okay that was different um and they went sorry oz sorry we had to break your leg and i'm like it's fine i can fix it i just wish i had warning <laughs> um <laughs> but then really soon after that a chorus attacked the town looking for anara's sword Oh my gosh, we I forgot that was during the day. We talked about this at the beginning of the podcast. Oh God, so, so, I mean, it's not, we keep to be, there was two, there, I mean, once again, it's a fight, yeah. which we all enjoy, but oh. it's not a whole lot, it's mostly oh. a skirmish. Yeah. A so, but there was two There were moments. two really strong moments in there. Uh. Actually, I can think of those are pretty, there's yeah. some funny things that happened that fight. Yeah, uh... Un my absolute favorite one is the chorus gets into Idris's face. They start screaming at each other, and Idris just headbutts the motherfucker. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was pretty fucking sweet. <laughs> I felt I felt bad when um when they were because like so some people that were hunt but like under Rilla's influence came first, demanding the sword and whatnot, and then a chorus yep. stomped in demanding the sword and like was swinging and like unfortunately poor justice randall was just hanging out on the steps by <laughs> by a cabin just taking a moment they he had a rough day because he got no sleep yeah and so he's just chilling out there unfortunately right 
right in a spot where the chorus was walking past to yeah. get to us, looks over, slay, slashes, <laughs> guts Justice Randall where he was sitting, and I'm like, that's a bad place, bad time oh. moment if I've ever seen one. Yeah. Yikes, you hate to see it. That was a roughie. <laughs> poor, poor Justice Randall. Um... Yeah. Yeah, no, we did that. that. I know. I saw. I saw the chorus also got into Varen's face, and Varen just started just slashing it in the stomach while they were screaming at each other. Um, <laughs> it was like, oh, it was so much emotion and fun times. Um, mm-hmm. I screamed a lot. I screamed, "I kill you!" and I ran forward, and I saw a look of gleeful tear, like terror, in, in some staffer's eyes, and I was like, "Yeah, this is nice. This is fun." <laughs> I. I- Oh, go, go ahead. Go ahead, Kendall. I got to do one really cool thing during that whole encounter that was uh, uh, I hexed the chorus and it worked. So hexing works against the chorus. Yeah. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah, I hit it with a, a charm by hex yeah. protected decimus. <laughs> was stab and return to me and went clever. Uh, uh, <laughs> decimus is behind him and just started hitting him. Yeah. Echo like had like a weird item that just let them throw like non-stop line of voice poisons at the chorus and like the yeah. staffer was getting pissed it was trying to like cut through everybody to get to echo to make it stop um it was awesome every like everyone did like crazy everyone yeah. shined on that fight we did a good job yeah. <laughs> i had a i had a stand up with the hunt leader of that pack mm-hmm. where i did the walker thing where i was trying to like convince them to like surrender or like why are you doing this and they're like why are you doing this like you're friends with Rilla, why don't you just give us the damn sword? And I was like, Well, that's not really that's not really what Rilla wants. What she thinks she wants. It's not what she really wants. <laughs> and all this like back and forth and like I was like and I'm like, Alright, are you not gonna stand down? They're like, No, and I'm like, Alright, well I wish you luck in what is to come. <laughs> and we a bit. Yeah. Um I fighting <laughs> And and um Amanda uh like um the the staffer who plays Iggy uh was fighting us. Amanda comes over and does like a uh a fear by spear or something and he goes, Shit, I hate ghosts <laughs> turns around, <laughs> runs in the woods. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> It's a strong Incredible. one. God. Oh. God. Yeah, that was a wild oh, one. Yeah. That was also one where somebody disarmed me with my pole arm. Oh no. It was Ooh. I luckily carry like a, a short sword on me just in case that happens. Yeah. And I was like, it was crazy how panic like how panicked it was to draw it and like pull it out in time. There's not a lot of time, no. but I did it. Yeah, it was yeah. power. It was powerful. <laughs> I felt really. Unfortunately, cool. my sword's just a basic sword. that can't do anything cool. That's yeah, just <laughs> fine. Just fine. These things to, happen. <laughs> to not get gutted when somebody does break my one polar. Yeah, it makes me sad when I take a break. Then I have to. So cry. so it's funny though, because like right, we kill the we kill the chorus and like all the hunt uh, possessed hunt members are defeated. And, um, what 
it's the new hunt member, right? That like got the trophy. No, uh, it was like, no. Desmus did. Uh, oh, Desmus did. Varen okay, cut its sense. yeah. Varen like cut its face off, and Desmus. I was, I tried to convince Desmus to make it into a cod piece. I don't know. Oh, if, that's right. Oh, I, I'm <laughs> thinking. I'm thinking the new the new one got the um the Varebren trophy. Yeah, that's what it was. Okay, Desmus got this one, but it's funny because like the chorus the chorus dead body was just lying on the ground and the hunt leader member came back mm-hmm. and was just looking over <laughs> the body with just utter <laughs> yeah very confused and they're like i don't understand that, how this could happen that's not supposed to work like that <laughs> yeah just a complete dissociating like crisis of judgment my was what was wild yeah. and we're all like yeah man that's what happens uh, yeah and then <laughs> it was really funny yeah then the a really serious fight just a lot of yeah a lot of really cool happened. shit happened though and then the branded showed up and we played hide and seek oh <laughs> uh, that's right i played hide and seek yeah. too i helped my prize was 50 mosquito bites Ooh. that was my big prize I, from hide and seek. i didn't play because i was like i'm not hiding in the woods right now and then i noticed that one of the uh one of the crunchies like didn't know the site very well so i was like do you need assistance dirt their name was dirt i'm not being mean um <laughs> <laughs> and they were like oh yeah that, that'd be great so i just started just i started meandering around and then we found justice randall and justice randall stabbed them and that's apparently how you play hide and seek if you're branded is you stab the person yeah. when they find you so yay well it's it's trading <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah that was good um all right are we able to move into big trial i don't know are we territory i don't know are we? oh i want to talk about it so bad oh okay let's talk about it i mean I'm, i want us to talk about it oh night happened yeah night happened <laughs> the, the law elemental <laughs> For the trial stuff came out and gave us a big, complicated fight that anybody who's played Final Fantasy XIV will have yeah. advantage <laughs> at. Hell yes! Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh man, it was so awesome. There was there was a so the, the the trial from what I had been told by the person who created it had the the basic idea had already been done out. But there were some additional mechanics that were added specifically after the recent uh, 6.0 um, alliance raid that had been released in Final Fantasy XIV. <laughs> Just glad. <laughs> <laughs> so it was super awesome. The field was split into two halves, and each of us was worth. I guess you could to, to make it clear. Each of us was worth one point, and there were some really powerful enemies on the field that were worth a random quantity of points and then there were some elemental law like basic law elementals who were also worth one point so what we had to do is we had to balance the scales and what we we couldn't lift bodies and carry them to the other side so you had to take people down on a certain side that sort of thing there was one enemy that was like a a, a rabbit oh. um which has confirmed that law magic is related to rabbits in some way because rabbits have been involved on the moon and in other law related instances including this one so rabbits and law magic are somehow connected uh in some way um so there was the rabbit which was i think worth only like one point but then there was this 
Five points? Yeah. Okay. And then there was, like, this gargoyle bat owl thing that would, like, scream and do chaos stuff, and that one was really hard to fight. Yeah. Um, and also really cool because they had, like, wings that would, like, burst out and go, like, rah! And all, it, was, it was super awesome. And then there was a, a judge master, I think is what yep. we had called it. Yep. Um, and he was just throwing, like, rules and judges and laws out there and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and in the third trial, I think he was like, uh, a warning by law to all members of Brink, don't fight anything. Yeah. And we were like, well, we're going to have to break that one, yeah. which meant that he was able to like hit oh, people extra hard. Yeah. yeah. So, and they were worth like, like other quantities of points. So we, we essentially, the first one, um, uh, we failed accidentally um, because someone had killed uh, all of the three enemies. Pretty much once all the three special enemies went down, that was when the counting would happen and like the weighing, I guess you could say. Uh, so the first time it was an accident, but the next two, we nailed it. Hmm. And one of our uh, Aiden, who's one of the players, was the one who counted everything and pretty much kept track of everything to make sure that we had everybody on both of the right sides. So shout out to Aiden, who did uh, some crazy organization things, which is so hard to do in a LARP, especially with such a huge quantity of people and at nighttime. In the dark. <laughs> but, yeah, it was hard, but we oh. the next two we succeeded in, so we ended up winning, but it was awesome. I don't know if you guys want to talk about anything that happened during the uh, fight. My favorite part was, Malachi, you need to babysit the bunny rabbit, and he's like, I don't want to, it bites me. <laughs> 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 the uh, rabbit hiss. Yeah, I I, I fought the uh, I fought the the bat gargoyle thing a whole lot. Um, oh, I did. Too. I talked. I, I talked to the staffer about it after. She's like, "Yeah, you did a pretty good job against me because you were the only one who would stay and hit me." Uh, um, but you also had this really bold strategy of trying to run back onto my side with me being the only kill active monster on the field. So it would have really sucked if I knocked you down, and I went. Yeah, um, but uh, no, it was it was a fucking blast. Um, well, the bat was also very dangerous was, to our overall yeah. success because it could do area chaos. Yeah. So if it went past the bunny, yeah. and did that, it could have dropped the bunny yeah. where it yeah. was, which would have fucked our thing completely. It, up. it did also. It fucked up the law elemental a couple of times because it would just walk around and do it, and then I just hear the law elemental be like, "Ah, damn it, fuck." Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Um, <laughs> but no, that was, that was a, f a really, really fun, uh, fight. I didn't have to do any math and that made me happy. Um, uh, please don't. Yeah, don't... it was, it, it was awesome. Um, uh, I think the, yeah. the funniest strategy that the staffers had is one of them would just like in the, in the, in the, in the conflict, they just wander across the, uh, uh, the field and just stand in our line for a little while until someone noticed them and then they just start maiming legs um, and that meant that every shifter had to stop fighting and run around and start repairing people's limbs and it was like you're being a real motherfucker stop it stop <laughs> <laughs> that was a really fun mod yeah, that mod, that mod was great <laughs> alright uh, might as well move it right along yeah. we've, got a long, we've got a big episode got a long episode um, is the next thing the Tristan Yeah, it is. Fight? Yeah, I didn't experience right. anything else outside of that. Yeah. The Tristan fight was interesting. Um, this is another big night night fight. There was a lot going on with this. This one, one was lit up. Though. Um, a lot of yeah, it was a really cool area to fight in. There's kind of two parts happening with this fight, right? You have one group, uh, which is the majority of players, like four four fifths of the player base, are in this area fighting. 
Uh, Tristane and his minions, which are, what, mostly birds and fire elementals? That's who we were dealing with, yeah. yeah. Right, because he has half of Iggy's world stone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and and, so, and some asshole assassin who keeps on stabbing people. That that was happening too. Ooh, that guy. <laughs> that, that guy. Dinner. Not Aiden, as I found out. I thought it was Aiden at first. A- I was Abel? like, there he is. Abel. Abel. Oh, there yeah. we go. Yeah, Abel. Because it, because it's like, ah, oh, it's the same staffer, and he's assassinating people. In the he's wearing gray. I know. He's wearing gray. Like, I was like, That's clarify. Yeah. Um. But no, so what we pretty much just had to fight and hold them off with Igneous as that one fifth player base would go into the Dream Spire, correct? Mm-hmm. I think it was different yeah. levels of the Dream Spire. We, yeah. Everybody there were four encounters. Teams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody encountered a different thing. And then once they finished, they would come join the group and then the next and then they would help fight off as another one fifth of the player base would go to their <laughs> dream spire bit. Yeah. Um the fight was a very long Yep. The the fighting was crazy. I I ran out of pretty much everything I had at yeah. this point. Yeah. This late in the day <laughs> and this long of fights. Like I was I had no skills. Yeah. I was mostly coasting off of my armor which i could like replenish two points of armor yeah, yeah. for like every 30 seconds but like that doesn't last long enough <laughs> yeah um, fight like that oh uh, uh we're all we're both of you guys on different levels of i was on i was on the second group um i don't know what group you guys were on but i know i was by myself i was, I was on the last okay. one the third okay. yeah oh so you can share yeah in a, in a row um so yeah, so I, yeah, uh, the first group went and they were gone for a long time and then they showed up and they like told us like, hey, you're going to show up, you're going to get in there and there's going to be messages on the ground. A lot of them are going to be nonsense. So ignore those uh, and look for the other ones. And like that helped speed up our go through. Uh, when we went, that which slumbers was walking around and shit talking us uh, while uh, it would probably like for you guys as well like you show up there's a bunch of like lit up messages and that which slumbers is there he's shit talking people and rilla is there and you have to have a conversation with that which slumbers while she helps you figure out what to say um so we went through uh partway through i was like everybody when you find a mess when you read a message flip it over if it's gobbledygook so that you know not we know not to check it again and that helped us kind of speed through it really quickly at one point that which slumbers walked up to me and told me that i was a worthless pile of meat and i said excuse you i'm tubes of meat uh and then it walked away and started yelling at elijah so i feel like i may have won that conversation i can't remember um but for <laughs> us, uh, it was uh, Decimus was playing the role of Tristane, talking to that which slumbers, and it ended with him having to like prostrate himself in front of that which slumbers to get part of Iggy's stone. Uh, it was really cool. It was a really interesting mod. Um, I don't really have a connection with Tristane or anything like that. I just know that all my friends hate him, so so do I. So I mostly just like ran around and gathered info for people uh, while they did the talks with Rilla and stuff, because I'm also not super close with Rilla either, so I didn't want to take anybody's spotlight. Uh, but yeah, we figured that out, and then we head right back, and Candle's group went. Uh, Noble Levinson. Um, we went in, and pretty much Noble Levinson is less confident in Rilla, then he's let on 
but I also think that Noble Levinson is doing what Rilla asks uh, for selfish reasons, I think. I did not act as Noble Levinson. I was also an information gatherer, so I'm not 100% certain. But I know Noble Levinson is, uh, has a, a lower opinion of the gods than I think would like to let on. And is, uh, but is also afraid of them because, like, you know, they're incredibly powerful. Um, I know that which slumbers got real close up to me and made a whole bunch of promises about cool knowledge and stuff. And Doc was like, no. And then went over to Charlie and was like, all of your jokes are really bad. And Charlie was like, super offended by that. Personally fronted, I'm pretty sure Charlie's gonna be the one <laughs> to kill that witch slumbers now. Cause it insulted her jokes and she was like, How dare you? Uh but we, we solved our thing. Um again, I was I was mostly spending time gathering information and then making sure people weren't getting killed yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Um most of my stuff was during the the combat. Yeah, we had dinner together. Which at one point during combat, yeah, <laughs> at one point during combat, some of us who had light allergy got real desperate. And when we took out the assassin guy, um, me and Charlie, Doctor Compier and Charlie started scrabbling over this poor staffer, going like, "No, get away! I need to feed." And then Oswin walks up with his little hands in the air and his 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 fucking catwalk and just trots over and it's like ladies ladies we can eat him together (laughs) (laughs) we all did slurping noises over this person for 30 seconds while they shook with silent laughter so what happened during the fourth thing brett I don't know if it was the fourth or fifth. I was on the last one, but it was the, the one that was titled like Zephyr's yeah. one. So uh this one was crazy. Uh it was a lot of backstory of what Zephyr was doing. Now up until this moment, we all all the players had pretty much been getting information and whispers that there's been like a traitor and that it was probably one of the gods. And I think everybody <laughs> Everybody already figured it was Zephyr. Um, but as we were getting the information, uh, it was revealed that Zephyr... Um, <gasps> it was revealed that Zephyr was working with Rilla to try to get to her in her like real form. Uh, so, not quite traitor. Um, but we watched... we. We watched this really emotional scene with Rilla kind of like being like of torn mind of like being controlled and Zephyr trying to help her um, and tell her that like she can find things will be okay and that she just has to believe in herself. And then we watched as um, that which slumbers uh, made Rilla kill Zephyr. Because we were kind of a part of the story at the same time, resulted in um, actually Lorelai getting a critical. Uh, oh yeah. Down. Also, um, what's I forget the character's name every time, but the the same guy who plays uh, Hazel Bright. Um, Idris. Idris. 
Idris, uh, did, I don't know how Idris got it, but he has one of those, like, the tongue on the forehead things. Yeah. And he went to identify magic on the, the, like, big bad and took a, like, slay by dream. I don't know if it was slay or critical by dream or something like that (laughs) for doing so. Uh, is like is wild. Luckily, we had Elijah there, and Elijah has the power of belief, which is something uh, he was able to create. And um, effectively, he has this mechanic where if he sees somebody go, like if he sees somebody die, he can choose that they're actually still up and working, <laughs> but they have to stay in his sight. And then when they get back to uh, Brink, they still have to take a surgery. Or like not a surgery, a um, a yeah, a pull from the deck, but they're still able to function as long as they're in his yeah. sight. So yeah, uh, we find out that you know Zephyr is dead. One of the gods is dead, and the world stone for air is missing, assumed in Badrilla's possession. Yeah. And uh, then we got everybody, and we went back. Yeah. I hurt myself on a tree, so I went to bed early. <laughs> Matt went to yeah. bed early. That's what you get for body slamming. No, trees. I was doing hot girl shit, and I, I was do doing that? hot girl shit. <laughs> <laughs> and by that, I mean I was running backwards away from Tristan, and I fell down, and I hurt myself. Don't be like me. Don't be like me, kids. Uh-huh. Uh, so yeah, I went to bed, so I don't have any other stories for the rest of the night, so this is the YouTube show. <laughs> oh, boy. Um. I think I've got one more thing for this night, but Candle, do you have anything else for Saturday? What happened to you happened at the same thing that stuff happened to me. <laughs> do you want to talk um, about yours first? Yeah, at one point, some beastie came into town, and Doc and Nora are hanging out, and we followed this beast, and I cut off a piece of cheese for it, and I feed it. It eats it appreciatively, and then we follow it into the woods, and we heard some snuffling sounds in the woods. And I didn't bring a weapon with me because at this point I thought stuff was like done. And also it this like dog thing. I don't know. I didn't have a weapon. Nora didn't have a weapon. We walked after this dog. We heard snuffling and I went, fuck that. And when we got back, there was a little bit of chaos. There were very few people that were still awake. Um, Everyone else who was awake had gone on a different mod. And the void was there and the void had hollowed out guy titanson our mailman and also two of the players uh turns out grandfather who was going around throwing a a giant boulder at people which is really bad because it does slay by void or something i don't know it was really bad and uh felsif was there and running around and like ah help me i'm trying it's the void's trying to get me kind of thing so the void is bad because we can't we don't have an effective way to fight it right now the person who's like our void expert in town the like only one we've got left is isaac who wasn't at this game so we're like crap so tea house had been turned into like a sanctified ground where uh no violence could happen inside the tea house like if someone hit us with something from outside the tea house technically that would count but no violence could happen while inside the tea house so if you went down you would be unconscious but that's the worst of it um i guess you could get dragged out theoretically but i'm not gonna think about that too hard uh (laughs) 
Oh, well, so, so Falsif was one of the first NPCs that Dr. Crompier had ever met. So when the Void was running after Falsif and was about to corner them, uh, Doc, alarm bells, here we go, uh, a no weapon, I throw myself in front of Falsif, uh, arms wide to defend them, and I get taken the fuck down so fast, and I get finishing blowed. And uh, and then Elijah came up like ten, like like a millisecond after, and karate chopped me in the throat. <laughs> <laughs> to, to make sure you were down. <laughs> uh, he was trying to get to me before I got finishing blowed and accidentally like karate chopped me in the throat. It was hilarious, actually, <laughs> very funny. Um, unfortunately, I got finishing blowed. So suddenly, Doctor Compier is critical. So Elijah used. Uh, his belief to believe that Dr. Crompier could at least be awake and move around as long as he could see her. She was still with us was the thing. Uh, so we, uh, Dr. Crompier pretty much got to hang out with the Kalants. It is so late at night. It is once again like 2 or 3 in the morning. So, so f- incredibly late. And <laughs> uh the person who usually does the interventions, Faith, had already gone to sleep. So this shit post plot character <laughs> comes out when the staff member's like, I think she's dying. Uh, returns as this shit post plot character. I I don't even know how to start. <laughs> they were pretty much just like like non-agreeable to a lot of our questions and very suspicious acting. And it was silly. It was incredibly silly. Uh, and so I got my intervention done uh, as like a party card trick. And uh, Stafford was like, I'll be straight up. Uh, I don't actually remember how to do this, but I'm one of the directors. So we're going we're gonna to make it work. <laughs> and uh, I was like literally nearly in tears from anxiety <laughs> over this because I was like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die here surrounded by just the Kalas, Decimus, and Nora at night. I'm just going to be dead. Uh, Here I go. (laughs) I lived, miraculously. But Dr. Crumpier is in a really bad spot. Her insides are being held together by sick children's wishes (laughs) at the the moment. That's that's what she's working with. So uh, there was a a, a pretty tremendous amount of uh, cackling and sillery happening at the the tea house while something very serious was going down. Uh, And that's what Brett was doing. Uh, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> during all that happening earlier, a group uh peeled off to go do a dream walk. Uh, we got news that Levin's gone. She's not in her mind palace. Like she just vanished. Uh, well, at least her mind form. We don't know where her body is. Uh, we haven't for like a long while. Uh, but we had like reasonably that she's in the dream uh, realm or whatever. So we got Iggy and we got a group together and we go to do a dream walk. And as uh, Candle said earlier, it's, you know, it's a tight line of people with like our only, like only two sources of light. um, And you have to walk through this dark wood path. Also this, creepy music box that has to always play and it plays the like little you are my sunshine it's really good also you're not allowed to use magic i know we all said that earlier so it's 
overall this creepy, dangerous thing. Um, so we go in, and it's not long before a nightmare starts to follow our trail and, like, stalk us and, like, take attacks at us. All the while, we see Dream Rilla, and she's taunting us and whatnot, and we press on. She's trying to, like, also misdirect us, I think, <laughs> getting lost in the nightmare. Um, we, we find... We find Levin at one point, but it it's uh, Levin's acting weird. Um, she like comes up to me because I'm like leading the group at this point in the beginning, and I like find her. I'm like, oh, good, we found you and all this stuff. And like, she's like, oh yeah, she's like, something's after me. We need to find my body. Do you, uh, and like trying to get information about where her physical body is. And I'm like, yo, hmm, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> And I was like, Levin, what's the first conversation we had? And she's just like, what? And I'm like, the first conversation we had, what is it? She's just like, Walker, you're supposed to be my champion. Where's the body? And I'm like, no. And we took our group and we moved oh. on. I'm like, this is Levin. Um, and we press on and whatnot. There's a point also <laughs> on our path that the, the prop for the music box stops working. Oh, oh um, no. <laughs> and in, so in the thing, the music box is what allows us to actually move. Without the music box playing, we can't move. So we all stop. We're all really confused and what to do. But then someone starts humming the song, and, and so we as a group start humming "You Are My Sunshine." Oh. It's some haunted shit. I'll tell you right now. It was some spooky, scary shit. Having to hum this as a group to be able to progressively go through this already creepy woods with limit limited light. Uh, it was really good. Uh, we do this for a while until we get to an area where we find uh, Real Levin and whatnot. <clears throat> and we talk to Real Levin. Real Levin wants to be there. They think that they can get to... Uh, have an easier time getting to true Rilla by being in the dream and whatnot. Um, yeah, it was a good, good mod, good scene. Uh, it looked like it mended a little bit of Igneous and Levin's relationship, too, a little bit. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. And then they come back, and there's all candle stuff about like the <laughs> void eating people like eating people out from the inside and like wearing them as a suit and i'm like i'm gonna go to bed. yeah i'm like i'm done <laughs> i don't i don't want to i'm emotionally I'm drained <laughs> i'm drained i'm not gonna do what matt and candle did and stay up to i would have if i didn't i, I would have done it again if i didn't hurt myself <laughs> yeah uh yeah then i went right. to bed Next morning. Saturday night. Oh. Um next morning uh, some cool stuff happens. Uh a bunch of people asked me uh I got I got asked about relationship advice for from from Sam about V and um which led yeah. to one of my favorite <laughs> yeah. lines. So like, we're, we're sitting around and it's just like uh so Oz. Uh 
you've been trying to teach Madame Zara empathy. I need to teach my girlfriend empathy. Like, like what, what steps have you taken? And I was like, oh, well, I started off by reassuring Zara that I know that she won't hurt me. Um, after that, you know, you have to find different outlets for their strange, you know, activities that they do. Like Zara, I've been taking her to, to theater and stuff like that. And Sam went, huh, okay. And I was like, so what is V like? And V, <laughs> and Sam goes, terrorism. And I went, all right, um... Have you tried pranks? Those are like diet terrorism. And then everyone at the table yes. just starts dying. <laughs> it's just like, honesty. It's just really, it's unfortunately such a true sentence. Uh, which my favorite thing ever is that uh, after we had, after uh, we had Zephyr's funeral, uh, where Faith quoted me, um, during the funeral of a god, which just inflated Oswin's ego to the point where I could probably lift the airship with it. Um, but more importantly, the Austinians had been waiting for a tea party to start literally all weekend. And our special friend, Ichitalga, that's his name. His name, correct? Ichitalga, that's it? You. Chitaga, yeah. uh shows up. Um, they're a gift giver. Uh, they have a big crow head, and they show up with a plate of popcorn. Um, or what I thought was popcorn. It was actually something that starts off with an aftertaste that I really regret eating. Uh, but, uh, but they they uh, they show up and they're like, "I'm here for a tea party," and I like find Charlie. And I'm like, Charlie, we need to do the tea party right now. Our guest is here. And we like, get that tea party set up stat right away. We also grabbed Justice Randall because Justice Randall had a bunch of fancy cheeses. So, boom. Uh, and, and a crown. crown. <laughs> Justice Randall is the king of Plith. Um, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, so we go and we start doing the tea party, which is a talk about uh, the current Austinian plan to... Uh, remove Rilla's forces from the uh, old Austin that the curators live in and set up supply lines and then also fortify it so that we have somewhere to go in the origin because in the Austin opinion, Akan is kind of fucked. So this is the escape route. Um, but uh, so we, we, we're, we're talking about it and I remembered that I got charmed hard by Archon to do everything I can to fix the problem. So while we're talking about it, I said, there's no way that people who are living here are going to want to stay in Tilmir Austin because of the use of canvases. So we need to, you know, get rid of that. And my idea for that is to let all of the curators work on one canvas together to build a masterpiece and then uh and then outlawed after because they don't need to make anything else because they've made their masterpiece already i will be that masterpiece um we decided that so i decided that and then after that i would run for mayor on good standing of i am the masterpiece i am your creation um uh, Ichitaga, Ichitaga said that we could totally, probably do that and make it like a weird art performance thing, uh, and make sell tickets and let people watch me do paperwork and stuff like that. They'll, they'll love it. Um, now, now the serious stuff's out of the way. This is one of the funniest tea parties I have ever been to. Uh, the staffer oh had claws, so they couldn't properly pick things up. So the entire time we're having this really deep conversation about political assassinations and art monsters, uh, 
they are attempting to consume cheesecake, cheese, crackers, and uh, and drink their drink. I have offered to help them several times. They denied help every single time. Uh, so, like, they would just, like, pick up a cracker and just, like, launch it down the beak mask. They would scoop a bit of the cheesecake off and then, like, tap it down the beak mask with their claw. But the best part was they would pick up with both hands their tea glass uh that was in if we had the tea in like champagne glasses because we're extra um and they would just launch the liquid down the mask onto their face um, and we were like oh do you <laughs> oh do you need a refill and the staff was like no i need to rest my eyes because you know their face is on fire because it's caked in dessert and now and now iced tea that probably didn't feel great going into the ocular vision now uh so you know we're having this conversation and then i look over to the right and i see uh the staffer who we were going to murder uh and madam zara's staffer run by and i was like oh they're doing belt plot right now that's hilarious so we had a battlefield side tea party um while you guys dealt with gurglex the belt lord um, so what was that like gang dr crumpier was so not wanting to do belt <laughs> plot and then a bunch of belt people came up and were like detect belts and doc's like i don't have any guys it's totally fine and then they went insufficient and it started beating her so <laughs> So then all of a sudden, Dr. Computer did have to be in <laughs> I love Belt Plot. Belt yes! I actually had... I had a belt from last time Belt Plot happened. Oh. Um, but it was pretty fun. It didn't really amount to much because, like... <laughs> you know, like... So, Belt Plot... So, Belt Plot... <laughs> have we explained Belt Plot? Probably. I don't before? know. This is my no, first we, one. Yeah. We There's must a bunch of... Yeah. There's a bunch of people... Uh, belt plot's just some silly stuff, but it usually involves these two belt people that, like, come out and, um, do some stuff. This time they're like, uh, yeah, uh, what, wait, what was the name again, Kendall? Gurglax. They're like, yeah, Gurglax, the belt lord, uh, is come from the, for the Omni belt, and they brought a lot of people, so you guys are kind of fucked. And I was like, oh, <laughs> and they're like, yeah, you guys are gonna wanna get ready. And, like, yeah, sure enough, Gurglex comes out with a bunch of minions, and we fight. I've got, like, two belts or something. And when one of them are like, detect how many belts you have, I was like, two! And they're like, huh! And then they, like, attacked me, and they, like, broke my oh. belt. And so I took <laughs> off my belt that actually has all a bunch of my shit on it, and like, ah! And I'm fighting, and I'm having fun, because it's some yeah. silly stuff. And one of the one of the good belt guys is like, "Hey, you got a belt on you?" And I was like, "No, they broke it." And he's like, "Here, take some of mine," <laughs> and and tosses some belts over me. I'm like, "Oh, thanks." Um, and like we're doing all this stuff. I remember at one point using one of my brakes specifically to break somebody's belt. I like aimed at their body where a belt is, and I hit it, and I was like, "Break this belt." <laughs> Um, it was really, it was yeah. fun. Um, I'm sad I didn't have more belts because I was told after, um, uh, from some of that crunched, if you had a certain amount of belts, the belt minions would cower and, like, and praise you for having all these <laughs> belts. Yeah. So, 
But, um, and then we defeated Gorgalaxis one time, but they promised they'll be back and they exploded in a bunch of belts. Um, which, there's a weird, <laughs> there's so much thought put into these belt items. Some of them are just belts and some are like a superior belt that's worth, that can like fit two normal belts. And then there's like the time belt that can hold a blah blah blah. <laughs> so it's like this math yeah. game. Think, think the person that has the largest combo has, like, 36 belts, technically. Um, and I have enough that I think I'm worth 16 belts. So I'm hoping next time we get belt plot, I can be like, Look at me with my 16 belts! <laughs> and people are like, Oh, my lord, you have so many belts, we cower! <laughs> In the presence of your beltage! Yeah, one of anyway, one know. of those belt yeah. goblins wandered down to our tea party and started causing a mischief. Charlie had to chase him off with a stick. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what I like about them is belt minions are basically <laughs> goblins. They're just weird troublemakers. <laughs> They're a little absurd. <sighs> uh, I also like how they're looking for the Omni belt. Those who don't know what the Omni belt is, it's a little belt that can fit around oh. your pinky. <laughs> But yeah, now we got so yeah. many bells. We're all Final Fantasy protagonists. Ba, ba, ba. Yeah. Oh, Final anyway. mod. Whoa. I yeah, last mod. Holy. Mm. Oh, we had two yeah. groups for this. Candle, yeah. you were in mine, right? You weren't in social. You were fight. Yeah, I was social. in social. Candle swapped out with me. Before. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in the yeah. I was in the yeah, big, big team. team. Oh yeah, I saw you go down. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh yeah, Brad, I wasn't the big team. I watched you get knocked out like a bitch. That's what I saw. No, that's not what I saw. I saw Walker get taken down because there were a lot of enemies, like at least oh, more than two. Oh, oh it was engaging at least two Ah, uh, uh, yeah, we went... Uh, our team, so Team Fight went to go take on some towers. I think we had to, like, pretty much beat up everybody in the tower and stop alarms from happening. It was really cool. Uh, uh, Faith joined us. Faith oh. got a weapon. Yeah. She joined in the fighting. Faith's an badass. artificer, so Faith can do some um, stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a pretty good battle. I remember getting a bunch of armor from Arden and then, like, something critical oh no like made it not made it not like made it all go away instantly i'm like damn it maybe it was slant i don't remember i was like shit well oh well it is pretty good it was actually this is the throughout the whole fight i had two good moments there at this fight one i finally used my siphon ability effectively this time um i don't care uh like i don't know I have a hard time finding good ways to use the siphon abilities that I have. Most I usually use them to negate like crazy bad things from happening, but a lot of the siphon abilities are kind of like you resist it and then you also do another thing. Like I have one that basically reflects the same thing back at my enemy. So if somebody's like slay by fire, as long as they have like a magical thing to it, like fire, I can be like resist and then I can throw it back at him and do slay by fire problem is is most of the time i do that 
uh, the thing that uses an element or a magic thing is also usually resistant to that magic thing. So if I'm like, they go slay by fire, I'm like, aha, resist, slay by fire. They're like, resist. And I'm like, ah, poop. <laughs> so somebody, one of the minions at one point snuck up on me and hit me with a, um, a hex attack your friends. And I was like, no, I really don't want to do that. I'm like, and then I hit them, and I'm, I was, I did like the, you know, the resist, and then I hit them, and I'm like, by hex, you're tired of your friends. <laughs> Fuck that, I don't want to do that. I just got up from I'm being beaten noodle. down. I don't want to go back there. Yeah, so I was really happy with that. It's the first time I've used that effectively. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was also a good point where, um, the the staffers decided that the fight was not hard enough, so they're like, "All right, <laughs> next round, everybody stifled," oh. Oh. Uh, <laughs> which which means nobody can use their magic yeah. shit, <laughs> which means people that have crazy builds couldn't go <laughs> as crazy. <laughs> which meant that all of us who have silver started screaming, "Silver, silver, <laughs> silver, silver!" A whole lot. Yeah. I didn't because I was like I had I had a moment I very and I very rarely use siphon stuff so I'm like I think I think I can purge stifle and I was like yeah I haven't done that like at all I think the only time I've done it was um on your on the first mm -hmm. foreman um earlier that event and I was like oh fuck I can mm. do that I can do that so I was like who uses magic a lot so I found Elijah. And I purged his stifle, and I like went around and like purged stifle, and I'm like, cool. I haven't felt this. <laughs> I haven't like been doing a useful non-combat thing in a long while. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I can. You don't. I feel like we don't see stifle thrown it's, around. Yeah, stifle's much. a stifle's yeah. a bitch. Uh, so it. it yeah. 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 For sure is. Yeah. Um, and there was like no other siphons at the event. I think I was uh... the only one. Maybe uh, that might be right. We have a Echo. Yeah. Echo, yeah. Echo, Echo wasn't Echo there Sunday. On, um, yeah, Echo had to leave Saturday night. So, yeah, I think you may have been the only one. <laughs> yeah, big demand, Woo! low supply. <laughs> it was cool. I decided to do a thing um, with that because I'm like, I don't. I'm like, I'm not. I I personally don't like the RP of like throwing my hands around like ooh. Magic, yeah. magic, magic, magic. Um, I really, I, I have a hard time doing that and finding it not being cringy. It hurts me personally. So I was like, what can I do that this isn't yeah. lame for me? Because um, I want to have fun doing it. So I decided to do this thing because I'm like, I have a very monk, like, martial kind of character. So I do like this thing where I'm like, I kind of like, um, of course, always in LARP get the consent to physical roleplay thing and I'm like I put my my hand um kind of like um on their on the shoulder kind of like above the armpit and like I kind of just like hold two fingers there and then I do almost like a what after 15 or 30 however long seconds it was I do this like almost like one inch punch yeah. kind of thing but with like my palm like I'm like pushing the uh, uh -huh. stifle out of him. I see. I thought yeah. that seemed kind of like you know cool martial artsy kind of like chi 
stuff. So I was like, oh, I'll roll with that. And I had a fun I time. I draw pictures on it. people's legs while I fix their arms. So, you know, that's, <laughs> I get yeah. what you mean. You, you do fun stuff to make the, the 30 yeah. seconds go by faster. <clears throat> yeah. Because you want to have, yeah, because it's like 30 seconds mm. of role play and you want to have like fun with your role play. Yeah. And it sucks when it's just like, I'm doing yeah. things. And it's cool to have like a signature kind of like, you know, I do this thing my yeah. this way. This is the Walker thing. This is how I personally I've like I blast it with a palm Hell punch yeah. thingy. Beautiful. Anyway, that was my I I had a lot of fun fighting and beating the towers and making sure the alarm button wasn't ringing yeah. too long. Thank you. What'd you do, candles? Huh? I fought my hardest, and at one point, uh, I was like, I'm gonna go bad medicine, and people were like, but you'll go down, and I'm like, it'll be fine, and I did the bad medicine, and people waited for me to go down, and they were in to get me when I went down, and then I got back up, I was like, ah, I'm gonna jump up my neck, ah! they're all like, oh, fuck, what the fuck is this, ah, cool that kind shit. of thing, so it's cool crazy. Shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Your, your, like, dark heel so. is, like, Pretty good. Yeah. With, your, uh, <laughs> with my signature ability, it negates yeah. like the most fatal yeah. flaw of it, which um, I means that five times an event I can do something yeah. real wild. Uh, and uh, I'm glad I stayed. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <sighs> All right. I guess it's I guess it's my turn. Yeah. I was on Team Speak because I hurt myself. So um. Uh, we showed up and we walked in and there were two, it was like set up like kind of like a church and there were two, um, world stones sitting there and we were like, shit, we can only take one. Um, now beforehand, Eloy and Tyriel had figured out the puzzle. So like they had to like go through and do it. The rest of us had to distract Rilla and the two chorus that were in there with her. Um, and we did that by explaining how we should totally make a buddy cop drama with the two choruses who we named Smush and Dread. Um, we did this while also having, every so often, Eloy would come out and she'd draw uh, Rilla hanging out with her choruses and made sure that everyone had to stand really still and look a certain way so that they could get the puzzle done faster. Um, I brought cheesecake. You know, um, we had we had a, we had a fun time just role playing and trying to keep everybody calm. And then, um, uh, we heard the magical sound, which is that which slumbers slay by dream or something like that. Uh, and Rilla shrieked, which scared the shit out of me. Uh, v the terrorist tossed me the tongs. I grabbed Tristane's uh. Uh, Worldstone, which was the Hex one, I believe. Yeah, we left behind the Artifice one. I grabbed the Hex one, and we started to move out, and, like, uh, I picked it up, and I remembered, if anybody touches these, they go down, and, like, there was, like, a, a jam at the uh, door of everyone trying to get out. I walked up, and I just, like, screamed, MOVE! And everybody just, woof, like, moved out of the thing, because I don't know if they were waiting for me, but I didn't want to actually tap somebody, and now we have a critical player. Uh, and then... All of us uh, miraculously uh, moved as one big group as quickly as we could away from the area, which, from the reaction of the staffers, usually isn't what we do. Um, but we were able to get back to the teleport point. We teleported back to Brink, and then the game was off. We did it. We <laughs> came off. Um, 
but then it was clarified to us after uh rilla totally knows that you're not on her team anymore um this was the massive flag to her that mayhaps you're being bad bad kids um yeah cool as fuck it's probably my favorite di event that i've been a part of so far <laughs> yeah Woo! Well, well i'm gonna say that that was a podcast and i've enjoyed talking about stuff <laughs> We did. Yeah, heck yeah. Uh, 